the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. We really just do not know how to behave anymore. We don't know how to behave at funerals. Folks, when I, Doc Thompson, have to question decency, we're in trouble. We've lost it. We... I was the one where people questioned the decency. I was was like, Doc, you're just really pushing it there. I don't know. That's just not proper. (laughs) When I am the one saying, wow, maybe that's how we shouldn't act. That's it. The wheels have come off the car. That's it. We're heading straight for a wall. I avoided all of last week discussing John McCain on this program because I have some very strong opinions about John McCain. But after this weekend, I am forced, forced, I say, to disgust, disgust. Yes, I was disgusted. Discuss what happened, and I was pretty much disgusted. It's difficult to discuss John McCain and some similar situations because people get the wrong opinion, even when you explain. So I will do my best, and I'll have to, unfortunately, let the chips fall where they may. When you discuss John McCain and are critical at all, and this has been true even when John McCain was still alive, if I questioned his performance as a senator, it didn't matter how reprehensible it may have been. If I discuss it, people John, how dare you, Doc? You know, he served. Those things are not the same thing. If Chris gives me a dollar today, wonderful. If he stabs me in the belly with a rusty coat hanger tomorrow, the dollar's kind of lost. I still appreciate the dollar. I'm not going to be like, you never gave me a dollar. How dare you give me a dollar? I still appreciate it. But I have to factor in the rusty coat hanger to the abdomen. That's all part of it. These things are not mutually exclusive. These things being your life, your performance, who you are. We must judge all of them. Unfortunately, we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to somebody being a good person and screwing one thing up. Realize how we do that? You could take one of the best people among us, whoever that would be, somebody who, by all accounts, did amazing, wonderful things throughout their life, and they screw something up, and automatically all of your good is done. They only want to focus on that. And the flip side is true when it comes to people who serve and then end up with a public life after having served in the military. Everything after the military is pretends like it didn't happen. Can we just put it all into perspective and call things as they are? John McCain went through something few people have gone through endured and suffered hardships when he served and was captured that I cannot even imagine. John McCain should be respected and honored for his sacrifice for America, as all veterans should. John, of course, with some unique circumstances that probably give us some uh, extra pause to respect him. And that's great. People should say that. People should feel that. They should believe it. They should discuss it. (laughs) That does not give anybody a pass to do something bad 
And at another time, let me ask you. Let's say you have somebody who was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. The highest award that we can bestow upon a member of the military. Let's say in addition to that, they had bags of other awards. The most respected military person in our history. If they kill your kid a couple weeks after they're awarded that, are you just going to say, well, Pete's gone. But you know, he won the Congressional, or excuse me, was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. You may factor in the death of your kid. Now, obviously, what John did as a senator isn't the same as killing a child. I'm just trying to put it into perspective there. It all matters. Everything he did. And from what I have seen over the last 10, 20, 30 years studying politics and knowing what's been going on in D.C., post-military, John McCain was not serving America. John McCain was serving John McCain. And you may think the country uh, uh, should have awarded him that. He suffered? Fine. He deserves a little spoils. That's fine. But don't tell me his performance post-military as a member of the House of Representatives and most in the Senate was good for America. There were moments that it was good. Most of it, though, ended up being a progressive agenda. Look at what John supported. Look at what he voted for. His record got progressively worse. It became more and more, not just liberal, but progressive. John McCain was nasty in the way he addressed people on the floor, away from the floor. He was arrogant. I interviewed John McCain and he was arrogant. That's who he was. And I was happy to not even comment on it for days. And instead, we had 10... 11, no, almost 14 days. No, no, no. About 11 days of coverage. He passed, or we got the news anyways, a week ago Friday. And the funeral went all throughout the weekend and then the coverage of it after that. And it got frustrating. And to see the people back and forth on social media, people like me who dared to actually (laughs) speak the truth and have an opinion were criticized the chat dare you not respect him for his service i didn't say i didn't respect him in fact quite the opposite i went at great lengths to say how much i respected john mccain that's true it's not lip service but you can do both and then to see all of the progressives in particular democrats that suddenly are mourning john mccain john mccain chris they came out of the woodwork john mccain obama was there and the bud Joe Biden, my friend John McCain, John McCain, they're so close. They loved him so much, except for that little run for president when they called him the worst things. Do you remember the jokes they made about him uh, being tortured? Do you remember all of the late night comedians and the other pundits on the left? The uh, the progressive media and the MSNBC and the others joking about his arms and everything else. Do you remember that? Why? Because Obama was a greater progressive. That's all it was. And suddenly that's all forgotten. I'm sorry, folks. My mind doesn't work that way. 
Maybe you're half to happy to remember just bits and pieces of things. I'm not. That's the reason I was critical of President Trump when he ran. I can't suddenly say this guy stands before me now saying and promising me all of these things. And I'm just supposed to say, well, okay, great. I'll just go ahead and support him and vote for him. It's got to be a little bit more. Maybe you're happy to be that blind. And you know what? Ignorance is bliss. I, I almost wish I could. I almost wish I could just say, okay, fine. It's wonderful. I'd probably be a lot happier in my life, but I can't do it. It's not within me to ignore everything. Pay no attention to this man behind the curtain, curtain, curtain. I can't do it. Now, since Trump has been president, he's done a pretty good job. Now, he's shown me proof. I can offer more more support. But I can't look upon John McCain's death or during the, the when he died and say all of his life was wonderful, working hard for conservative libertarian causes, working hard for America. He wasn't. He did at times, especially in his military career. After that, he was arrogant and he was nasty. And to hear people on stage fawn all over him, I get it from the family. You knew him different. He was dad. He was brother. He was uncle. He was cousin. He was husband. He was son. Get it. Got it. Wonderful. I understand. Even some of those politicians up there like Joe Biden. Fine. You knew him as a senator. He was a friend of yours. You spent time. Okay. I give you that. Were he and Obama that close? Did they spend a lot of time? No. Not like a Joe Biden for 30 years. Yeah, I don't think so. Didn't stop Obama from praising him like crazy. He's just a great guy. Fantastic. Um, And Joe, by the way, Joe, you praised him. He's your friend. He's your buddy. But over the years, you acted like he wasn't at times. And not just for political discourse. There was yelling and screaming. These are the same ideas that I have stressed when other notables have died. When presidents have passed, when George H.W. Bush passes within the next few years, I would guess, I will say virtually the same thing. He served, was amazed, great, wonderful. After that, George H.W. Bush was a progressive that hurt America. It's just the truth. He did. He grew government. He supported the nuttiest, bizarre things. I said the same thing when Ted Kennedy died. Ted Kennedy was bad. I'm not just trying to, you know, talk smack when people pass. It's not talking ill of the dead. It's being truthful. I didn't go to the funeral and say these things. I didn't tweet at the family. I didn't protest in front of their house. So time and place matters as well. But I'm not going to pretend like these things are not true. Can't do it. So I get the family. I don't get the others. Except politics. And there's where I say we do not know how to even be decent. I will give the family a little bit of a pass in that they're in mourning and you're not thinking right. I get it. Or were they thinking right? Was Meghan McCain thinking right? She gave a wonderful and passionate eulogy. Yeah. Wonderful. Eulogizing her father. He would be proud. He would be proud because she was also very political. Thinly veiled attacks on the president. 
Are you serious, Megan? I yeah, give you a little bit of a pass that you're in mourning. But is that proper? Is that really who you are? Because it just comes across as nasty. She could not let it go, even at her father's funeral. Nothing wrong with being strong, talking about his legacy, but you're taking shots at the president because of a political rivalry at your father's funeral? Have we no decency? Have we no shame in this? Think about that, Chris. You're so bitter at the president. Why? Because he smack-talked your, pre- your father when he was alive. Got to be honest with you. That's not what I'm going to be considering with my father's, uh, my father's funeral. I'm not going to be worried about somebody to talk smack about him because all you do is give that person credit. You give him power. Part of it comes down is the bitterness that John McCain was never president. That's what a lot of this has to do with. Listen to, oh, and when I mentioned on social media the fact that she made this political, oh, the people coming out, political, what are you talking about? Really? This is not political. Here's Meghan McCain. Listen. We gather here to mourn the passing of American greatness. The real thing, not cheap rhetoric from men who will never come near the sacrifice he gave so willingly, nor the opportunistic appropriation of those who live lives of comfort and privilege while he suffered and served. The America of John McCain is generous and welcoming and bold. She is resourceful and confident and secure. She meets her responsibilities. She speaks quietly because she is strong. America does not boast because she has no need to. The America of John McCain has no need to be made great again because America was always great. Can we pause right there a second? Um, hmm, made great again. Where have I heard that phrase? I heard it somewhere, I think. Make America great again. America made it great again. She was always great again. Great America make made great Great America, make merry. Where have I heard that, Chris? President Trump. Ah, MAGA. Yes. But this isn't political. This isn't a shot at him whatsoever. (laughs) Nothing about, not a shot. Come on, Megan, seriously. Here's the thing. As much respect as I can give John McCain for serving, and as much as I dislike him and as as critical as I am everything outside of serving, Megan, I only have criticism for. That's it. She didn't serve. She has not um, been nearly as successful as her father outside of this. But she is somehow notable in society because of what her father did. She is not smart. She's not interested in doing what's right. And she's not interested in being good for America. She's interested in her father's legacy and building her own brand. It's really pretty shocking. And if the truth be truly known... And I will give her a pass. Again, she's in mourning. But I'd be willing to bet that a lot of this was more about Meghan McCain because that's one of the things John taught them. A little bit more. Listen. Oh, is that it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen. This, this is a funeral after she said that. That fervent hold faith. They, that they, hold on. Above. They clapped. At, at a funeral for something she said that was taking a shot at somebody else. <laughs> the only thing missing was who, 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 right? What are you, why not? Why not do it? Why not just have F Trump signs up at your father's funeral? 
Why not, why not just go ahead and make it? You wanted to do it. At this point, you've crossed the line into attacking people like that at a somber memorial for somebody. All right, a little more. That fervent faith, that proven devotion, that abiding love, that is what drove my father from the fiery you see, skies. You see, the- you see, she's talking about abiding love and her father having abiding love while she sticks it to somebody. You see that, Chris? I am so tired of this in society. Yeah. Where people talking about love and being a-holes at the same time. We see this from progressives all the time. That's obviously what Megan is. You don't understand. That's hate speech, you MFer. What? How many times do you see that? I have people attack me for, uh, for mentioning in a nice way opinions on this stuff. And say, you're just disgusting. How dare you say these horrible things at a somber time, you ass, blah, blah, blah. Uh, why are you bothered by this? We don't need this type of hate in the world, you ass, blah, blah. Wait, what? And I would just tweet things back like, ironic. You really, do you, do you read your tweets? So it's abiding love. That's what Megan's all about there. All right, uh, hey, maybe you have a difference of opinion. If you do, or if you want to comment on this, tweet at the program. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. We use the program, uh, the hashtag throughout the program, what I learned today. We'll get some of those coming up. We got to cover a little bit more, just a touch more of John McCain's funeral. Okay. And uh, we also have to get to another funeral as well. Oh, yeah. It's not just McCain's funeral that was a fail. Oh, there's other funerals that were fails as well. We'll get to those in a minute. If... um. If you actually want to hear the program, make sure your ears are cleaned out properly with the WaxRx system. Go to usewaxrx.com and order it today. Have it at the house. Have it ready to go. And uh, when you need it, you need it. Now, it used to be, I would think, when you need it, you need it like once every couple weeks. No, no, you need it like every other day, maybe every day. That's apparent to me now. It's a usewaxrx.com, usewaxrx.com. The promo code you're looking for is radio to have it shipped for your, uh, to your door for free. Remember, it's the three-step process with the drops, the uh, specially designed pump, and the pH balance rinse that'll make sure your ears are wax-free and doing their job. Usewaxrx.com. The Morning Blaze. Inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, just a touch more from McCain's funeral. I offer up President Obama now. Now, think about these people were invited to speak. The collection of people that were invited to speak at John McCain's funeral. Now, I did not go down the guest list. I didn't have that. I don't have that in front of me. I didn't see every person who spoke, who offered any type of tribute or comment officially as sanctioned by the family. Didn't see it. But... From what I saw, there was not one conservative. No, no. You had Lieberman and Biden, Obama, George W. Bush, his daughter, all progressives. I had people chastise me online. One guy's like, George W. Bush, these are conservatives. Or, or Yeah, conservatives. No, no, they're not. They're Republicans that, yes. Uh-huh. Megan and George, Republicans, without question. Yep. 
and Lindsey Graham. Hey, y'all, I'm Muffin Cumberpatch. Uh, he's a Republican, not conservative. No, they are not. So stop with that. But there was not one that I saw a conservative up there. Not one. Why? Because they're not. Google or uh, go to Wikipedia and look up Meghan McCain and what her platform is, things she supports. Have you seen it? Yeah, very progressive. Oh, pro-abortion. I mean, just go down the list. Green agenda, all kinds of stuff. Nothing conservative about it. And yet she clings to this Republican thing. Republican, Republican. What does that matter? Parties are supposed to be, for all of their faults, all of the problems that they bring, about ideals that you're caucusing with people for a shared purpose because you support smaller government, because you support bigger government, things like this. And then within that, some specifics. Now, it doesn't say it doesn't mean you're going to agree on everything, but you should agree on like 80, 90 percent of it. They do not. She actually agrees more with the Democrats. That's all it is, because she is a progressive, for example. But President Obama spoke and eulogized John McCain as well. Listen. So much of our politics, our public life, our public discourse can seem small and mean and petty. Trafficking and bombast and Mm -hmm. insult and phony controversies and manufactured outrage. Mm. It's a politics that pretends to be brave and tough, but in fact is born of fear. John called on us to be bigger than that. He called on us to be better than that. John was above it. He was above it all, Chris. He called us to be better than that. Yet Obama started and joked, as so did George W. Bush, at how over the top he was. How much he yelled at him and screamed and all of this stuff. He said, oh, he means like political shots and stuff. Is that it? Manufactured outrage? John was always outraged. But you mean political. He didn't take political shots. Got it. Okay, listen to this. The idea seems to be that if the House GOP refuses to raise the debt ceiling... A default crisis or gradual government shutdown will ensue, and the public will turn in mass against Barack Obama. The Republican House that failed to raise the debt ceiling would somehow escape all the blame. Then Democrats would have no choice but to pass a balanced budget amendment and reform entitlements, and the Tea Party hobbits could return to Middle Earth having defeated Mordor. This is the kind of crack political thinking that turns Sharon Angle and Christine O'Donnell into GOP Senate nominees. That was a John McCain being above it all. <clears throat> Attacking Tea Partiers. People who care about what he supposedly cared about. Lower taxes. Smaller government. Supposedly believe those things. This is John. That's just one example Everybody knows there's no secret on Capitol Hill. What an ass John was as a senator. Everybody knows it. But suddenly it's he was above all that. So frustrated. And then Trump getting criticism. The Hill headline, Trump goes golfing during McCain's funeral service. Um, what was he supposed to do? Crash the, the, the funeral. So he's supposed to be a funeral crasher he's now. He's a funeral crasher, yes. 
Is he going to like partner up with uh, Vince Vaughn? Maybe yes. is that what it is? Vince Vaughn and President two. Trump. Uh, funeral crashers. Now yes. remember, at the end of the movie, you realize yes. how lucky you get at funerals. Is that it? Yes. He was not invited to the funeral. In fact, they told him we don't want you there. But I guess you just shouldn't have been golfing then. No, it should have been mourning, crying. He just sit at home, away from the yes. funeral, having his yes. own personal, individual yes. service for McCain. Is that what he should do? Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. New bumper music. New stuff. Yeah, welcome to September. So who picked all this? Uh, Mordecai. Oh, interesting. interesting. Mordecai and Kirk. <clears throat> Just a, here's a thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe pick um, good stuff. Just thinking. <laughs> the library wasn't big. Okay, Just Come on, I like pick that. Some some stuff that's kind of good. We could. So that uh, wasn't good. I'll leave that for the audience to decide. Okay. Bing, 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 bing. bing. Well, it's a morning. It's like, you know, morning. Okay, okay. Just saying, maybe you start with, okay, we need to get some new bumper music. Let's pick stuff. We can pick stuff that's horrible. We can pick stuff that's bad. We can pick stuff that's good. What do you guys think? And you guys Mm. went with not good. Okay, good. Okay. All right. By the way, uh, I will chastise President Trump because then he stuck it to them. Mm-hmm. He just put it, and this is clearly about them. Uh, he tweeted out right after this all came out, after uh, Megan's little, America was always great, whatever. <laughs> um, he just all caps, make America great again. <clears throat> now he has plausible deniability. Yes, I always does. say that stuff. He, he does tweet that a lot, especially in the weekends. He's like, but throws one out there. But he was kind of sticking it to them. He got unduly criticized for the lowering of the flag or raising the flag too soon, you know, and all of that. Um, Criticized because he didn't specifically talk about John instead of just instead. He just offered initially sympathies to the family and stuff. Guys, just stop. You're doing this back and forth political. Uh, Trump was fine with what he did at the beginning. And then he was wrong for sticking it to them. And they stuck it to him and back and forth. Stop. And by the way, Megan's little BS about, uh, America was always great, was always great, or is always great. Did you catch that? Yeah. So you got the um, the Democrats saying America was never great. Never, ever. Not once. We were never great. And then Megan saying America was always great, but not now. When did it stop, Megan? When he was elected, when he got sworn in? Was it great under Obama? Because you asked Obama to speak. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? This is all crap. And by the way, I don't know if anybody knows this, but great is kind of a subjective term. Yeah, it depends. I don't know if you know that. Great's kind of, right? Yeah, it depends also who, with whose definition of great is. Right. For example, Mordecai thinks that bump, bump music was great. Yes. I do not. There it is. Okay, so whose definition? And by the way, it's all pretty broad in scope. What equals great? Our power? Our military? 
our uh, financial structure. What are you specifically talking about when you say it is or you say it isn't? America's been wrong at times. We've done some pretty awful things at times. Do I need to remind people about the internment of uh, Japanese during uh, World War II? The experiments on the Tuskegee Airmen and others? We've done some pretty horrible things. Um, Slavery? Bad. All of those bad. When I think America being great, it's not about that stuff. It's the ideas and values that allow those things to go away when we do wrong, unlike other countries that just keep them going. There is very little decency, unfortunately. We don't even know how to uh, behave at, uh, at funerals. Another example is Aretha Franklin's funeral. Did you watch it as it was playing out live? I was there. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. I didn't know it was in Ohio. It wasn't in Ohio. Nice shot, though. Good for you. Nicely done. No, I was not there. Uh, I did not watch it live. I just went back and watched some of the videos of it or whatever. A little controversy brewing. Actually, a couple little controversies. A lot. Before we get to the controversies, I want to share a clip of Michael Eric Dyson uh, speaking. You know Michael Eric Dyson is? No, I do not. <clears throat> Over the years, most of the audience probably become familiar with him. They always have him on Fox News and CNN. He is a Georgetown pro- progr- uh, professor and uber progressive. He is horrible. He, he comes up with the... Cra- he's not even just progressive. He's bizarre he takes progressivism to the nth degree where everything collides and completely breaks down and then just doubles down on it none of it makes sense and then he's like bah still i'm just gonna go ahead and say in fact i'm gonna ratchet it up even more he rolls around in the stank and filth of progressivism even when it's obvious it's stank and filth and then is like yeah come on in yeah He's somebody who is so educated that he misses the obvious. And his ego is gargantuan. But here's the thing about Michael Eric Dyson. He doesn't actually believe in himself. He has no confidence. He masks all of those insecurities by being so over the top. Because he's not trying to convince me and you that he's right with his progressivism and all that. He's trying to convince himself. And it all goes back to what we see so much of little Michael. Little Mikey. Because little Mikey's black and always felt odd or uncomfortable or different. Well, that's horrible when a child feels that way. But he never got over it. That's what we're supposed to do when you become a teenager and a young adult. You start going, what was I worried about that stuff for? I like what I do. I try to be a better person. And you go out there and cast your net upon the waters and try to make something. Try to get a big haul for yourself and your family and everybody else. But you give up all of those that are supposed to give up or battle those insecurities. Sometimes it's difficult. Great wrongs done to you as a child at times. But it still comes down to little Mikey. He uh, speechified at uh, Aretha Franklin's and made it political write-off. <laughs> well, that one that one didn't <clears throat> shock me as much as McCain's funeral shock. Actually, me. this does even more. Really? I get if, if you're black and you want to talk about uh, black issues in America, I'll give you that. 
Of course you're going to have that. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. political. It is part of black churches. So it's not necessarily political like a candidate. It's just, okay, black community issues, whatever. It's just standard. They don't even mean it political half the time or more. So when Michael Eric Dyson steps up and gets obvious political, listen. Bishop Ellis and Reverend Smith to President Clinton and her husband, Bill. See, Chris, hold on. You thought that he meant Bill Clinton president. Yes. No, he meant no. the second yes. Clinton president, Hillary, yes. because she won the, t- the popular vote. Yes. Trump yes. is not president. No. Hillary won the popular vote. And I don't care. That electoral college, Chris, it's outdated. They don't even it's allow antiquated. black people to go to that college. That's right. They don't. And there's no scholarships awarded. No, or Nothing. football team. The, no football team. You know, the only people that get in are, are rich people, the 1%. Whitey Whitey faces. That's right. I've, I never went to electoral college. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone to electoral nope. college? Nobody in this building has. Nope. Man, it's horrible. Really? Okay, fine. You made it a little funny, funny, but at least he gets beyond the politics. To President Clinton and her husband, Bill. Every lab. Okay. Fun. little levity at Aretha's funeral. Okay, let's move on now. Just avoid the politics from the here on out. Here we go. Eulogy. To Attorney General, soon to be President Holder. <laughs> See, it's Eric Holder, Chris. He's eventually going to be President. It's another little fun. To Reverend Jackson and Minister Farrakhan. Uh huh. If some cosmic ethnographer hold it, were to drop. What is that? It's nonsense. That's him rolling around in the filth and the stank of progressivism. (laughs) His belief that he's cosmic ethnographer. We have to read. Eth- uh, yeah, we have to back that up. To that. Yeah, we have ethnographer. To to that what is that? Like a stenographer about about uh, <laughs> about your ethnic background. <laughs> Listen, if some cosmic ethnographer, oh, to dry- hold on, hold on, cosmic. and then offer a little pause yeah. so people could say, "Damn, Michael Eric Dyson Preach is it. so smart." Preach it. I don't even know what that is, but it's a big word. Yes. It sounds, and when I looked it up, it doesn't exist, meaning he made it. It's an ethnographer. Drop down here and do a biopsy. Biopsy. An extract of living tissue. An extract of living tissue. Of black genius. Here today would be the veritable cornucopia of its radical expression. Okay, hold on, because Farrakhan's there and Jesse Jackson. Yes, and Al Sharpton. That is the expression of black smarts. That's what he's saying. It would be a veritable cornucopia, a horn of plenty, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you got the guy on stage that can't can't even spell respect. Right, exactly. You got a guy out there that says R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Right. Yeah. It is the radical expression of that. <laughs> oh, God, you got the radical part right. Listen, back, back that up just about five, ten seconds. Like cornucopia, that's a good word. It's a horn of plenty, you know. I love that word. Here we go. Here today. Here today. Would be the veritable cornucopia of its radical expression. 
Oof. There it is. Oof. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, man. <clears throat> you, he, Michael Eric Dyson likes him some Michael Eric Dyson. Oh, yeah. Oh, he loves oh, it. Yeah. So solid. I thought I could, you know, create some words, but he is talented. <clears throat> Ethnographer, is. Chris. <laughs> is ethnographer. Uh, can you use that in a sentence? Now, don't screw this up and call it a racenographer. <laughs> do not do... You're going to be... I know you're going to screw this up. And it's not a sexnographer either. No. no it's no, not no, a gendographer. No. It's no. none of those things, okay? So remember, ethnographer. Eth- how do you spell that? I mean, how do you spell it? It's like ethnographer. So E-T-H... Sure. Okay. Sure. Here's the thing about it. When you make up words, you don't have to worry about misspelling them. <laughs> you don't have to. When it comes to your mouth, that's what it is. You're like, why is there a Q in here? It's ethnographer. The Q is silent. <laughs> and so is the G at the beginning of it. It's G-E-T. That's it. <laughs> it's ethnographer. And you got the word Nat spelled with a silent G. Why not ethnographer? Sure. <laughs> But uh, there were some controversies as well. Did you see the Ariana Grande performing? Yes, I did. She is saucy little thing. That was um, an odd pick, Ariana Grande. Yeah, it was. It was odd. Not horrible. No. And she she sang uh, Aretha's song uh, "Natural Woman" and did a fine job. Yeah. I listened to a little. She was God. A girl can sing. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. So she sang the song. Maybe Aretha loved her. Maybe they knew each other. Maybe whatever. It just seemed like you picked random young mm-hmm. star. But okay, whatever. Fine. That happens. Done. I accepted it. But when she wrapped it up, one of the reverends at the church, Reverend Bishop Charles H. I'm sorry, Bishop Charles H. Ellis the Third. <laughs> Apparently liked him some Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, he he grabbed some. <clears throat> he didn't just like her; he grabbed some. She is a uh, an attractive young woman. Yes, she is. She uh, has many of the av- uh, attributes that the average man would uh, uh, appreciate. Do you think so? Yeah. She is a veritable cornucopia of feminine wiles. <laughs> yes. Would you say? Yes. She is the radical expression of young hottie. <laughs> what would a, th- a thenographer say about her? A who? A thenographer? An eth- ethnographer? See, I said it wrong. A ethnographer would say about her that she is the radical expression of veritable cornucopias of f- female breasticles. <laughs> Man, he grabbed a big handful, too. Because when she got off stage, he grabbed her around the waist and hung on to her on stage like she was the key to the afterlife. But without hanging on to her, he would not get to the pearly gates. His hands were all over her pearly gates. Holy moly. It was like it was like she was a life vest. She was. She was. She was saving his life. Absolutely. I mean... Uh, she was touched by the Holy Spirit and him. Hey, <clears throat> nice. I am not kidding. He was all hands across America yeah. on her. If, and if you look at that picture, look at that. And he's clearly grabbing her right oh. breasticle. Yes. And you know what? That's fine. Now, if she's cool with that, I'm cool with that. He's a minister. That seems a little odd to me, but whatever happens in their church, I don't go to the church. That's fine. But you can see she's like, oops, stay back. Hello. Invading my space there, grabbing my right breasticle, whatever. We have some of the audio. I'm not as annoyed by him uh, feeling her up there a little bit because she's a big girl. 
She could have oh, she yeah. could have said, "Hey yes. there, yes. Bishop, you might want to mm-hmm. adjust the hands there." <laughs> All of that seemed very odd and inappropriate, but uh, I'm more offended at his uh, his bad jokes. Listen, just. <laughs> He grabs her up after she... I've got to, I've got to apologize. And apologize. Because I have to brush up my... 28-year-old daughter tells me, Dad, you are old at 60. <laughs> when I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Oh my God. Hold it, hold it, Chris. <laughs> Did you hear that? No! <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazingly oh, horrible. It's oh. so bad. <laughs> I got to brush up on my, because my 28-year-old daughter, Taco Bell Grande, By the nailed way, it. <laughs> if nobody's calling for him for being racist, that is a shock. Oh, right. That is literally racist. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. Well, that is, call, you calling a Mexican, Chris? Chris, hang on though. I was going. You're right. It does seem racist, but are you an ethnographer? I am not an ethnographer. How do you know if it's racist? Okay, you're right. You defer to the ethnographer <laughs> yes. on this. Uh, what does the, the scale say? <laughs> Let me get out my ethnograph. Yep, racist. Okay, yeah, there it is. There. I have the ethnograph. <laughs> You got that big static electricity ball going as part of it. <laughs> There's tubes and switches and lights going. Well, let me turn on the ethnographer 5000. It's much more effective at detecting racist statements than the ethnographer 4000 ever was. All right, a little bit more. And by the way, they have interwoven his apology after all of this with Whoa. what happened okay. on stage. Let's okay. continue. When I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Girl, let me give you all your respect. <laughs> let me just hang on. I certainly want to apologize to Ariana and to her fans and to her family and to her entire community if uh, what I said was taken uh, the wrong way. And uh, listen, uh, maybe it's just a joke that went bad. But when you're doing the program for nine hours, you know, you try to keep it lively. You try to make some funny references and what have you. Uh, I love everybody. Everybody that knows Bishop Ellison, Greater Grace, who knows that we love everybody. Did y'all enjoy this icon? She's an icon Back herself. to the stage. Come on, make her feel love at Greater Grace Temple, the city of David. It would never be my intention to touch any woman's breast. (laughs) A minister was forced to say that Uh, in public because of something that happened at the funeral of a music legend. Nice. Nailed it. Think about all that together, right? Nailed it. Bad Taco Bell ethnic demographer joke. With a young girl during the hashtag Me Too movement yes. on stage at the funeral of an icon, well, and you are a bishop. Well, not just the hashtag Me Too movement. Doc Thompson, what is happening with the Catholic Church right now? Okay, done. <laughs> at least, that, at least Ariana Grande is female, though. You just break on that one. Let's get a break in. We'll break. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. 
instead of punching a total stranger this morning, punch these numbers into your phone. 888-900-3393. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Okay, get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. While you're uh, while Chris is preparing to share some of your tweets with the hashtag what I learned today, let me tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition's uh, uh, Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a fantastic product that allows you to get the vegetables into your diet without actually consuming the vegetables in a traditional way. A lot of people don't like them. They're difficult. Vegetables are not cheap, by the way. And a lot of people only like them prepared certain ways. If you're not a chef, guess what? You're just not going to eat your vegetables. Eating your vegetables is the cornerstone, what we're realizing again, to good health. Good health, uh, having healthy skin, hair, nails, functioning uh, systems in the body, weight loss, all of these things are centered around eating the proper amount of vegetables. It's got to be the center focus of your diet. Even if you eat vegetables, eating Field of Greens is still going to help you out. You need more vegetables than you realize. Even that little pyramid and plate, whatever, it's more than that. That's the bare minimum. And even that's a little bit off. You're going to trust government to tell you? You understand how healthy it is. So try it today. Just go to BrickHouseDoc.com. You order it. It's basically powdered vegetables. That's my description. It's real food. It's not just the vitamins from it or something like that, which I'm not sure they can actually remove vitamins from food. I was thinking about that yesterday. Hmm. How do you do that? Yeah, how do you do that? Okay, in this orange, there's vitamin C. Great, get the vitamin C out. Leave everything else, Chris. Except for the C. Just leave the C and then put it into a pill. (laughs) Come on. I think we've been lied to all these years. (laughs) No, this little pill has vitamin D in it. Come on. I think they're scamming us on this. You don't have to worry about it with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseDoc.com. You order it. comes in powdered form, so it's not just the vitamins, supposedly. It's actually the vegetables. You mix it with a liquid. You drink it down. Uh, have the kids try it. You can keep it at work, at home. It's convenient. It's easy to use. Just go to BrickHouseDoc.com and get it today. It's called Field of Greens. Uh, TJ Toppin saying, I happen to like all the new bumper music. Okay, good. Uh, speaking Doc saying... Uh, at Christmas, you need a ethnographer instead of your normal <laughs> ethnographer. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my resume. Okay. Jackal uh, Saddletramp saying, if Ariana Grande was something you could order at Taco Bell, I'll be divorced. That's, that's it. I want uh, three Ariana Grande. Better make it four. Um, <laughs> Do you want to sign <laughs> Breasts. Yes, that's right. Uh, the amazing Lucky Farkin saying, just an FYI, there's a hymn titled, He Touched Me. There it is. There is. I know the one you're talking about. Yep. Yep. It's uh, That was a funeral, folks. Funeral for a minister. Who knew, a, who knew a funeral would be comedy gold? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I come know. on. That is. Hilarious. Oh, he was just loving it, too. By the way, uh, Florida Girl pointed out nine-hour funeral. There's your biggest fail right there. Oh, my gosh. You're right. I thought Catholic funerals were bad with a full mass. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, I was once um, supposed to go to a Catholic funeral, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I wasn't really close with the guy, but it was a friend, and I was like, of a friend. I couldn't even support my friend because I'm like, it's a full mass, but it was also in... Uh, Oh, are they Slovenian? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to a Catholic service in Slovenian for a guy I didn't know that well. Yeah, I don't. I think. Oh, 
Uh, I'm not doing well. I'm sick. I am cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> yes, let me know it's not going to work for me. Get the tweets in. Hashtag what I learned today. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. So uh, people understood that the uh, one bump music was from Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the bump music, the one that you said you didn't like, mm-hmm. I let that one slide when Kirk brought it up to me because it just it, it, it was a throwback. It was like a nice throwback to the... Uh, I don't think it's the actual song. It's to, just very close. To, to the nerds of this, you know... Listen, if audience. you say it's the actual song, we're going to have to pay royalties on it. So it's well, not. We it's just paid. a sound like... We already paid all this stuff. No, no, no. That's Those are not the actual ones. Those are sound-alike so ones. sound-alikes. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the actual one. It may, it may <laughs> make you think it is, but there's... Remember, when uh, when Vanilla Ice was explaining how it was different than uh, Under Pressure, his went dung, 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 da dung, dung. Theirs uh, went dung, 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 dung. dung. Oh, See, okay. there was the difference. Okay. It was a very, very different song, Chris. Laura D saying, thanks for picking the Super Mario Bros. music. Jay saying, welcome back to the uh, Chris Cruz Uber EDM Marathon bumper rollout. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice you guys would notice that quickly on that one. I did pick some like nice high tempo EDMs. Uh, Larky Farkin saying, "Don't listen to him, Mordecai." As a gamer, I love the eight bit theme bumper music. Keep it up. What's a mer? What do you mean? What did he call himself? Gamer. What's a mer? What do you mean? What's a mer? He's a gamer. I don't understand. I get. You know. No, not a gamer. A gamer. Oh, someone who plays games. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's a gamer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a gamer. Game, video game player? A no. Videoer? It could be all kinds. Just a gamer? That, that is the term. <clears throat> okay, fine. Uh, Steve saying, uh, sounds like Nintendo game level music. Our world spot, that new bump music is pretty cool and refreshing. Good morning. <laughs> Hey, I'm a bit, bit confused by a story I saw over the weekend. Uh, uh, I think it was late Friday, early Saturday morning. Part of I-35 in Texas here was shut down whoa. for eight hours because a truck carrying Axe body spray caught on fire. Oh, yes. And do you see the swarm of females just like towards the truck? No, I didn't. I didn't see any of them. There were none there. Are in you fact, sure? I saw people like, this is a huge problem. And I'm like, okay, now you understand what the <laughs> what? rest of society has been going through for the past 15 years. <laughs> that 60 year old boy that came out of the gym locker exactly. smells just like that. Just like that. Every even, single day. Even the burnt part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you know it was on fire? Oh, I guess the flames, the but flames, the smell certainly the didn't tip us the off. Same, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it got so the the truck caught fire and then it ignited the cans of body spray, which exploded. That's pretty cool. And then launched from the truck. They so said, pew, pew, like nice. fireworks almost. 
And uh, then the truck ended up scattering debris all across the interstate, and they had to shut it down. Now, no one was injured, but it had to be shut down for the cleanup for eight hours. Now, does that seem like a long period of time? That seemed like a long period of time. You, know, you want to know why? It's a long period of time. See, once the truck is out, mm-hmm. and how long is it going to take to put a, a fire out of a truck mm, like that? 30, an hour? I would think you get a couple fire trucks out there. I'll go crazy and say, crazy and say, an hour? Yeah. Maybe crazy, hour and a yeah. half? Okay. And then you clean it off the road enough to let some cars yes. go through. I'll give you three hours, but eight. Yeah. Uh, do you know shift. why? Safety I saw a truck that had caught fire over the weekend as well. Okay. This would have been, um, I think uh, this would have been Friday evening. Friday evening in Oklahoma on I-40. Mm. Traffic stopped. Pull up five feet wait a minute, pull up five, like this for, you know, an hour or so. I get up there, off to the side of the road, not even on the two lanes, off to the side, a truck, a semi had melted down. I mean, caught fire. I mean, it was barely the frame resting on the ground. There was nothing left. I mean, everything burned. And they're having to clean it up. And I'm like, why is this taking so long? And then I saw it, the hazmat unit. Yeah. The hazmat. Whenever a vehicle catches fire like that, they have to call out the hazmat for environmental yeah. blah bitty blah A few years ago, I was uh, traveling. I flew into, I say, New York, I think it was, and had to drive to D.C. from New York. It was crazy. I don't even remember why we were doing this, but I did. Leave New York City with a friend. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I think around 11 o'clock at night, 1030, leave New York City, get out onto the highway, having left the city, and all of a sudden traffic comes to a complete stop. And I don't mean like inching up, I mean a stop. Nobody had moved for an hour. People start getting out of their car. Up uh, about half mile up the road, a truck had caught fire. Belted down, they put it out. How come we're not moving? They made us wait 10 hours while they cleaned this up. Wow. They would not, they didn't say, hey, come on, you guys could slowly, and it was only like maybe 50 car lengths at most because other people could get off the highway because they could see the exit right there, right? They just made those two lanes, maybe 100, 110 cars or so, sit there and wait overnight for 10 hours. And I just had to sit there and wait. And I got up there and found out it was because of the hazmat. Everyone could go. You could get around. The truck was out. The debris was cleaned up. They just had to make sure there wasn't any extra little drippage from the truck. And what about the, you know, the brake fluid? Did we get the brake fluid? Did that burn? You know, it could damage the road. You know, all of the little woodland creatures (laughs) that live on the road. You know, it could be runoff into the, what? The weeds next to the road? It's just crap. This is the type of stupid stuff that we've done with the environmental laws. Why do you have to hazmat that? What are you doing? Did, did, did the hazmat unit come by and suck up all the air? Think about that. The thing catches fire, which means it's spewing this stuff into the air. With a vacuum. Right. They put up the, uh, the force field around the area and cleaned. We purified all the air, sir. Ready to go. It only took us 12 hours. No, they didn't. It's crap. It doesn't mean anything other than I had to wait in traffic forever.
So frustrating. I'm sure that's likely what happened mm-hmm. here with this. So I'm a little confused about the axe, how they could tell when uh, when something's gone wrong with axe. I just don't know. That's Did you see what do you what kind of uh, gentleman products like that do you use? Old Spice. That is incredible to me. Why? Old Spice is hugely popular right now. Yeah, Old Spice. Um, Under the age of what, 30? Probably um, using Old Spice. My big. dad used Old Spice. And that was like the only thing that we had at the house. And then after I went to Axe and I, was, I don't like this Old Spice. Boom. Here we go. I've been Old Spice for a long time. See, it used to it, Old Spice is what my father used. Mm. And then entire generations were like, uh, that's what dad and grandpa uses. I'm not using yeah, it. Yeah, my grandpa used it. So too, yeah. my generation, we use Old Spice unless you were stealing dads. <laughs> didn't do that. And now it's back again. So what a lesson in marketing. Right? Old and, Spice. and Axe is, it's on the, oh, yeah. it's not even Man, really. One thing that Old Spice is able to do, too, is great <clears throat> commercials. Old Spice has great commercial with uh, Cruz, uh, the black guy. Um, Terry Cruz? Terry Cruz. Amazing. Like, I'm talking about, like, commercials that have, like, 10 billion views on Twitter. I mean, and, and, and YouTube. And it's fascinating the but marketing. What's so funny about that is the thing that Axe did that became popular was good marketing. Do you remember the commercials? Yeah, about the girls, you know, that can come and <coughs> lick you off or kiss you off. One of those. No, it was wear this and girls are going are gonna to flock to you. Yeah. Like, like you're giving money away. I remember one of the one of the commercials was like the girl was like all up on him. She licked him, smelled him, kissed him. Oh yeah. I'm like, I don't want that. Right. It's like me on a pizza. That's what it was like. <laughs> and I mean, they was short lived because then people are you know anybody older is you got to yeah. be like, okay, this stuff isn't like you know funky Colbadine or something. It's not a Spanish fly. It's not some uh, aphrodisiac. But that's what people believe for that you know five year, ten year period. Anybody between the age of you know, 12 and 17 or something that was mailed. They're like, if that's what that does. I'm buying that. I don't care if it stanks. I don't care. I will absolutely wear that. And then it had its, I mean, I'm sure they still sell some, but it's not like it was, but interesting though. iTarget Pro is waiting for you at iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. It's the letter iTargetPro.com. It is the iTarget Pro system available at iTargetPro.com. Nailed it. I just, I just want to say that. Good. Good. Yeah. What's the product again? iTarget Pro. There it is. People got it. And what's the what? website? iTargetPro.com. And how's that spelled? iTargetPro.com. Yeah, but you got to say like the letter I. iTargetPro.com. Okay. Get the system today. It's a system that's going to make you a better shot. You're just going to get better because it's like dry firing, except you actually know what you would have hit because it works with a proprietary app you put on your phone and a laser round that tells you where you hit on the target. You just kind of set your phone up right there in a little stand by the target and you can target practice anywhere. Of course, you still go to the range in that from time to time, but this is so inexpensive that probably one, maybe two trips at most to the range and you are going to pay for this right there. Mm-hmm. And then you can practice all the time, still going to the range the same amount you used to. So you sacrifice once, maybe twice and you're good to go. But I like the idea of getting, and I haven't done this yet, but I think I'm going to get a second one so we can uh, we can practice together, like my son and I. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I end up doing. This might be a Christmas present for him. I'm trying to figure this out. Go to itargetpro.com and pick it up today. Last year's Christmas present? <clears throat> that was my brother. Okay. I see a theme here. If you ever buy me a Christmas gift, don't worry about it. You're I'm not going to buy I wouldn't buy you that for Christmas. Oh, okay. Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nailed it. And I'm not buying Nailed it for you it. anyway. Uh, and who? Autumn. <laughs> Nailed it. Go to itargetpro.com. It. It's about 89 bucks. Don't forget to use the promo code DOC to get it at 10% off. itargetpro.com. Uh, <laughs> you got Jay saying, in an unusual turn of events, Kleenex and... Jurgen's sales Jurgen's. were Jurgen sales were up last weekend. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stone stacking jacko waiting, waiting, wearing axe will only get girls to lick you off. Yes. Yeah. Oh, warning! No, wearing wait, wait. Wearing axe will get girls to lick oh, you oh, up. Oh, question mark. Yeah. Oh, you didn't go up at the end. I did go up. You did, did he go up at the end enough? You didn't understand no. what he was saying, did you? Of course you can. I thought you meant warning. Like yeah, a, that's what I was like. Yeah, because you said it's a statement. You got to go up at the end. Like all the little valley girls, all the little young Gen Z. Jackal Sattertram saying, so there's a spot on I-35 in Dallas that smells like a 14-year-old douchebag? Yep, that's exactly right. You can also look for the burn marks, too. They say they're going to have to remove parts of the road. What? It burns so much. That's how intent to, intense so the was. So that means we should not wear axe. It's a hazard, apparently. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it's burning off, you might what it's doing to your body. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that that's flammable. Instead of caught fire, it's just not it's on your body. Hmm. Uh, let's be frank in PA saying, how can Chris say, lick you off and no bell? I thought that was an obvious one. Yeah, again, like, we don't do the obvious ones. Exactly. Like he said, you know, vitamin D. You didn't see me go. Because that was an obvious one. No, that one wasn't as obvious. Vitamin D? Yes. No, vitamin D. That would be a good one. No, that's obvious. That's you know what not. You yes, it is. I didn't mean that. Yeah. I meant the vitamins at that point. Therefore, that was one. It was more veiled. That wasn't a... If I said... Uh, hey, over the weekend, that chick, uh, you know, blah, 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 and that dude in vitamin D. Uh, see, that's obvious. I was actually talking about vitamins, so it would apply. But the lick was not. That was obvious. Fluffernutter saying, I used... <laughs> <laughs> Fluffernutter says, I use Axe Spray and body wash daily. My brother says, I smell like a French whore. Hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. You're right. Hey, we didn't hear from the Reverend Jasper uh, Williams Jr. I don't know who that is. I have one more clip from Aretha's uh, funeral. Oh, okay. But this takes a slightly different turn. So there was more controversy. So that was one bishop, minister, reverend, okay, the the bishop that got in trouble with uh, Ariana Grande. (laughs) Yeah, the boob grabber. Yes. Uh, The unintentional boob grabber. Okay. Anyway, he, uh, he was one controversy. But the family, after the funeral, the eight-hour funeral, <laughs> then came out and blasted the Reverend Jasper Williams, who gave the official sermon. Yeah, I saw that. They were very upset. So every minister is in trouble for one. Yes. They were all pissed off at him. <laughs> <laughs> now, Didn't me, you vet the list of bishops? Apparently not. Well, he, Reverend Jasper Williams, uh, spoke at her father. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, C.L. Okay. Franklin. He was a uh, an activist in Detroit, a minister, and um, a civil rights leader, really. Yeah. And he spoke at C.L. Franklin. So Aretha's family didn't have any type of um, documentation, and none of them really knew what she wanted at her funeral. She didn't tell them. Oh, wow. She didn't, even have, she didn't even have a will. Oh, <clears throat> 
Well, that's going to be interesting. She's worked like 80 million bucks. That's what I'm saying. And she has four or five sons. One of them. Okay. So under Michigan law, you split everything she had evenly amongst the siblings. If there's no will. Right. And if it's not contested. Okay. And from what they could tell, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of trouble, except one of them is incapacitated and has a caregiver. Okay. Okay. So trust me, that caregiver is going to be like, I need a bigger share to take care of him. It's going to be whatever. And then because it's not a will, everybody's going to say, my aunt, Re, she always, right? It's just going to keep coming. And this could take years. And then it's not just the, the money. Then there's all the assets. And the assets are tangible assets like jewelry and furs and whatever else and houses and real estate. When you get into real estate, okay, what's it worth? Well, it's, are we going to value it? Are we going to sell it? What has to happen? And all that has to be sold off before they get it. But then on top of all of it, she gets royalties because she wrote a couple songs. Now, um, I think uh, Respect was written by Otis Redding. Maybe Think was. But she got some royalties from singing it. Most royalties for music, though, goes to the writer of the song. Uh, she wrote some not most of her biggest hits. Those are written by other people. Um, but still, she does have those royalties. So that'll just be... Was Otis Redding? Take it? Yeah, he, he's <clears throat> the one that wrote uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Did he also write R-E-S-P-I-C-T? Uh, Did he write both of them? He just came up with a new EP. Oh, <laughs> It was an addition, you know. Oh, so, I see the updated but, version. But I think he doesn't get full royalties. It goes between him and Al Sharp. Oh, Al Al gets yes, writing credit Al, on it. Yes, Good yes. for Al. Good job or whatever. So yeah, it's <laughs> going to be you know contested. Well, they went and said, all right, she, we don't know what she wants at her funeral. We don't know all this mm-hmm. stuff. So they just put it together. They said, well, um, he spoke at dad's. Jasper Williams. So their dads will put him Might in and whatever, well, you know. and rolled it out or whatever. Afterwards, the family got pissed yes. at what he said. Now I'm going to get a quick break and I'm going to come back and tell me if you can find okay. where the trouble happened. Okay. Quick break. In the meantime, tweet at the broadcast. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. HR said we had to, so it's the morning blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, so there he is. He's uh, speaking at uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral, okay. the Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. He's uh, speechifying and eulogizing. Okay. And here is a collage of a couple of things he said. It's okay. Just a couple minutes long. And by the way, he spoke for fifty minutes. Five zero, yes. Yeah. Five, five zero. zero minutes, he did. And see if you can find fault. Okay. And tell me if you were the family, if you would have trouble with this. Okay. Here's a couple of collages from different points of his five zero minutes of speaking. 70% of our households are led by our precious, proud, fine, black women. But as proud, beautiful, and fine as our black women are, one thing a black woman cannot do, a black woman cannot raise a black boy to be a man. She can't do that. 
She can't do that. Uh, is that a problem? That's a problem. A black woman cannot raise a black boy to be a black does, man. Does. Okay, there's more. Here we go. It amazes me how it is when the police kills one of us. We're ready to protest, march, destroy innocent property. We're ready to loot, steal, whatever we want. But when we kill 100 of us, nobody says anything. Nobody does anything. Black on black crime, we're all doing time. We're locked up in our mind. There's got to be a better way. We must stop this today. A bit more on that. Listen. Think down, look down, walk down, talk down, act down. Most times we're low down. Where is your soul? And so, if you choose to ask me today, uh, do black lives matter? Let me answer like this. No, black lives do not matter. Black lives will not matter. Black lives ought not matter. Black lives should not matter. Black lives must not matter until black people start respecting black lives and stop killing ourselves. Black lives can never matter. Uh, is, is that troubling? Uh, I'll, I'll give it to the family. That is offensive and distasteful. Uh, there's a little more. Here what? we go. Another part. Here we go. Then a house. We don't need better houses given to us. We need to make for ourselves better homes. I I could have pulled out like another. Oh, that, I bet. Because that was about two minutes of the 50 minutes. Yeah. I could have probably pulled out another like 47, 48 minutes of that. Oh, my gosh. Houses given to us? Given. Given. Well, and obviously means uh, yes. uh, public housing yes. and stuff like this. Okay, how do we unpack this? <sighs> Was he wrong? No. In his, the content of his comments? No, no. He was at, no. At, at one point, I was like, amen. Now, there's more to the story than yes. that. And yes. He, but he makes a great... If cops are killing people, black or white, it's wrong. Yes. If they're killing people or injuring or treating people differently because they're black, it is wrong, period. We've called these stories out case by case and run down the list. It is wrong. But he makes a great point is, why are you so pissed off at the cops? Prior prior to the clip I played, he did the math. Oh, really? Oh, so He he spent about two minutes of math that said, this is how many people are supposedly killed by officers. Okay. That if all of them were truly mm-hmm. wrong, just so like, and he mentioned a couple thousand or whatever mm-hmm. the number was. Then he goes through the number of black people killed by black people. Ooh. And it's like, and I don't know what time period it was, yeah. 60 years or something. But he laid out some facts out there. But he laid out there's like 500,000 yeah. and he's like, 
uh, why are you pissed off at the cops, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you going after okay. them? Wouldn't you at least say it should matter the same? The fact that it's more slanted, mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. his point. Yeah. And the thing about mom, listen, ladies, you can raise a male child. Yes. Fathers, men, you can raise a daughter. You can do this. You can raise a son. You can. So he's a little off with that, but he makes a great point, I think, in saying maybe dads need to be involved more and not just black fathers. Black community has been called out for that. And I don't know if the numbers are disproportionate. Let's say they are. Okay. It doesn't mean that other races don't have the same challenge with fathers just not being there. Fathers just not being good dads or moms not being good moms. Right. You know, the number of women I see today with kids that I'm like, I cannot imagine that person being my mom. You think, oh my gosh, that's a mother? You look at me, that's your mom? And uh, the thing about housing, yeah, you're right. Maybe we need to worry about homes and not houses. He's right on that. Time and place for the funeral. Well, he was preaching, and that's part of preaching. He did eulogize her at least a bit. Maybe it could have been more. I think they're really pissed because most people don't want to hear the truth. The truth about what he's saying. Maybe it's a little time and place. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, 888-900-3393. Great deals happening right now at PatriotMobile.com slash Doc. Great deals. You know, they do a great job, first of all, in supporting conservative causes. They're the only mobile company out there and one of the few businesses that actually do. In fact, whenever there is a business identified, like uh, In-N-Out Burger, everybody melts down because now, of course, we have uh, gotten to the point where you must boycott everything. Boycott. Instead of just saying, guys, maybe support what people do. Maybe you support them. It's, it's not so much avoiding, I figured no. out, it's not so much saying I'm going to avoid giving people my money, uh, you know, and you, it's just utilize people or support businesses that think like you do when you can. Can't avoid it 100%. You can't uh, most of the time get through your life avoiding every company out there that's progressive or if you're on the other side, conservative. But you can do a little bit of good, especially Patriot Mobile because they give just a little bit of that money to some of the conservative causes that, that you support as well. And their conservative causes, you know, like um, Gun Owners of America and the NRA, groups like that, doing a lot of good that also need your help. But Patriot Mobile also has really good deals going on right now. In fact, through Constitution Day, Constitution Day is, of course, September 17th. Oh, you just had it in front of you. Okay. (laughs) Nicely done. All data plans are not $20. No. 1787. Why 1787? I don't know. Just some random number they came up with. Okay. 1787. 
People are like, wow, that is really that is random, really, isn't it? Very specific. 87 cents, really? It honors that day when our Constitution was signed. Oh, that's so cool. Patriot Mobile is offering all data plans, seventeen eighty seven for your first month of service. They always have great deals anyways. Um, usually you get those uh, plans under 20 bucks for uh, talk and text plans. And they have great deals on phones as well. There's no hidden fees, none of that. I mean, aside from the government tacking on their little piece yeah, of it. Yeah, but there's, there's nothing they can do on that one. They're fighting nothing. against that. that they are. With your fighting. money. So maybe in the future, maybe in the future, they'll be able to say no more government hidden fees on that. So sign up before uh, the 17th, which is a week from Monday, two weeks from yesterday. So you got until then to go to patriotmobile.com slash doc, patriotmobile.com slash doc or 800 a patriot sign up today jeremy dies joining us now for firstliberty.org how are you sir i'm doing great good to see you guys again good nice to see, see you, you sir so you got an update on the uh, chaplain squires case for us absolutely do and we got good news is that oh, nice. uh, like we do a lot we won this case and yes. uh, resolved this matter but let's go back and review what this case is all yeah. about this was chaplain scott squires is a chaplain i uh, first served as a soldier in the army and then switched over to being a chaplain endorsed by the southern baptist convention serving at fort bragg in north carolina uh, and there he's been serving just fine as a, with, with distinction as a chaplain there at Fort Bragg. Uh, and he leads these things called Strong Bonds Marriage Retreats. This is something that the Army puts on. It's a small group of soldiers and their spouses that get together, go on a retreat and talk about marriage, all these things that go on with it all. Well, Chaplain Squires is prohibited from leading those types of retreats if a same-sex couple is provided uh, or is a part of that. Uh, and, and that's fine. The Army's got rules for this, and the the, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has rules for this, uh, and Chaplain Squires has to follow both of those sets of rules. And so he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Within three business days, he goes to the couple and says, man, I am really sorry about this, but I can't leave this retreat. I'm going to put you in the other retreat over here. You're going to be just fine. Go ahead and go with that one. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. We'll be great. You can still go. You can, I'm sorry, and you can still go to the retreat. Still go to the retreat. Same retreat. The, same retreat, just a different leader with it all, with someone who's not bound by the rules. He would just rules. not be officiating or leading. Exactly. Okay. He would not be the one that would have to officiate the whole thing. And so, and again, this is something that the, the Southern Baptist Convention has rules on that he has to follow or else he's not a chaplain. And the Army has provisions for this, and he's got to follow those rules or else he's got a trouble with the Army. And this was extracurricular. This wasn't part of their official duties as I mean, a soldier, right? This is right? part of a, a duty. I mean, the chaplains lead No, no, no. Things. I mean, the, the, oh, for the, the soldiers themselves. For the soldiers. They didn't have to attend this. This is no. not mandated. It was something they no, volunteered. This, this is a great service to our, to our soldiers. They get to do these things, <clears throat> nice of course. Thing, right. And there's all kinds of chaplains that can lead these things. It's not just Scott Squires. But, well, anyway, he follows the rules of the Army. He follows the rules of his endorsing agency. And for following the rules, he's brought up on charges of discrimination. And not only is he brought up on charges of discrimination, but the chaplain's <laughs> assistant, the staff sergeant, whose job it is basically to take the application, hand it to the chaplain and say, thanks for coming, and he'll be in touch with you. She's brought up on charges of discrimination as well. <laughs> uh, and, and so we kind of raised a stink about this back in April. And the, the general down there, Major Kurt Sontag, Major General Kurt Sontag, uh, he orders the investigation to be done all over again. And that takes several months. And in that meantime, the staff sergeant, who is a, this up-and-coming African-American female, uh, fantastic young lady, she's part of this Green to Gold program. She's going to go through college on an ROTC full-ride scholarship and come back as an, a, a commissioned officer. Well, the, because that investigation was still pending that General Sontag ordered, 
she can't go to that. Uh, wow. She can't go to that. Uh, that green to gold program. She loses her spot in this very competitive, very prestigious program. Loses a full ride scholarship, and it, and it all because all she did was say thank you very much for applying. The chapel don't want to talk to you. That was the extent of her entire involvement. Unbelievable. And for that, she's charged with discrimination. But go back to the chaplain, who's also been charged with discrimination under the first complaint. Uh, they redo the second investigation, and they come out not just saying, "Hey, look, you're engaged in discrimination," but you've you've been derelict in your duty. Duty. Wow! So he's charged with dereliction of duty. Now oh, keep that's in mind, big. exactly. This, this is something. Huge. In order to be dereliction in duty, you got to you know have a duty to do these things. Yes. <laughs> but he he's followed the rules of the yes. army. So how can you be derelict in your duty if you're actually following the rules of the yes. army? Uh, and and so uh, my colleague Mike Barry, who's a Marine Reserve uh, officer as well, still today. Uh, you, you really don't want to mess with a Marine Jag. This <laughs> yeah. is just a bad idea in a lot of directions. Uh, we set Mike, Mike on this whole thing, and and thankfully, uh, just two weeks ago, we got news from the Army that General Sontag has finally cleared uh, Chaplain Squires of dereliction of duty, a charge, by the way, that would have put him in court-martial and potentially military prison wow. if he was guilty of it all. So we are thrilled. Not only has Chaplain Squires been cleared entirely of his charges, uh, he is now no longer derelict in his duty. He Good. is... Licked in his duty. What's the what's the opposite of derelict in your duty? Uh, so he, he's a good one. He, he's uh, he's back to, to service there, and so is Cha- and so is Sergeant Squ- uh, Sergeant uh, Griffin, the the staff yeah. sergeant that helped him out. So nice. both of them are cleared. They're good to go. I hope that Sergeant Griffin can get back in that. Green I was going to ask, do we know if she will be able to, to reapply? Because I remember once you get flag on your file, it's kind of very difficult to go back and do the whole process again, and yeah. especially. Uh, Green to gold program, right? Right. Those are very like very you selective. Missed, uh, maybe. Yeah, it's it's highly selective and very competitive. Probably won't be able to get back. And boy, I hope something somebody yes. high up in the Pentagon says no. This young lady deserves to go where she's she's going. That's my fear on that one because it, it, those programs are very strict. But at the, at the very least, and again, there are both charges of discrimination and mm-hmm. dereliction of duty. At least that's, yeah. You know, at least they're not going to go to Leavenworth for, for, you know, doing what they were supposed to do. So, again, it's remarkable that we've gotten to the point now where even when chaplains and people of faith in the military, when they follow the rules of their endorsing agency, they follow the rules of the Army, that they're charged not just with discrimination, but uh, dereliction of duty. What, what I think made the final, kind of the final straw that broke the camel's back, put General Sontag in a bad spot, was that Major Ford, the, the inspector, the, the uh, investigator in this case, he gave this whole long report. But in the report, he left out some very, very key information. Mm. And, and thankfully, there was more, uh, there, there was the transcripts of the interviews that he conducted as well. And he talked to the chaplain that ultimately replaced Scott Squires on the uh, on the retreat, as well as his commanding officer. Mm. And the quotes that he failed to include in his final report completely exonerated Chaplain Squires. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and so it, it's very concerning to us that we would have two separate investigations. And only after we receive the final transcripts do we realize he's been completely exonerated. Yeah. And the the investigator who's tasked with providing reports to the major general is leaving out key ex- exculpatory information wow. that would clear them all. That is very concerning to that us, is. and we're still looking into that aspect of this story as well. You know, there's an angle of this that I hadn't thought when we talked about a lot of these, where somebody is accused of something that is this obviously, I mean, then wrong, that it's got to be personal to them, aside from, you know, what may happen to you if you're court-martialed and everything else, but knowing... You didn't do anything wrong. And the the idea in this case is that you have um, 
not only done something wrong, but you've been mean to somebody, that you've been hateful, that you're truly targeting people or discriminating. And that's not what he was doing. In other words, if you're if you're labeled like he was, you know, you're being discriminatory. It's believed by many that you simply hate those people and you have these political beliefs and all of this. And it's not. This goes to his faith. Well, and there, there's a couple things that play at that, of course, and you hit a lot of them. But one is he followed the rules. Yeah. What are you supposed to do if you're following the rules and you're still being charged with dereliction of duty? You're stuck. You know, you're, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't in that case. You, you have to follow the rules of your agency, your sending agency, or else you're not a chaplain. You had to follow the rules of the army or else you have problems there, right? He did both and he's still in trouble. But he had on top of that, I think the, the, the duty element is, is very key here as well. Uh, soldiers follow orders. You know, there was something about that in a movie one time. Right. If you don't do that, people die, right? right. <laughs> Colonel yeah. Jessup told us all about that and a few good men. Uh, and that's exactly what he did. And yet he's, uh, he, he has the sense of duty to be able to, to follow that sense of duty, to do what a soldier is supposed to do, and also to care for his flock, if you will, within uh, his ambit of the United States Army. Uh, and so to be told that even though you followed the rules, you've cared well for the soldiers under your command, and you're still derelict in those duties, and not just guilty of discrimination. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing, and we understand that that's uh, that's difficult to be charged with any kind right. of discrimination. But to say now that you have been derelict, you've you've failed to follow the duties that you're required to as a soldier and a chaplain, uh, and for that you're going to have to go up on court martial charges and uh, possibly face time in a military prison for doing what you were supposed to do. I cannot imagine how Chaplain Squires has felt through all this, and certainly Sergeant yep. Griffin, for simply taking information <laughs> oh, and handing it off. removed from this. Oh, it's remarkable. That's what you just, you, you, you sit at home alone and you throw your hands up and you're like, what? Yeah. What it, was it, I supposed to? And what's to? really concerning then is that then we look at the investigation and realize that there's an investigator here that is using lines that sound a whole lot like some things we find on very progressive websites, right. almost word for word in his investigation. What's that all about? And then we see finally his, his, uh, his, his the transcripts of his interviews, and he's not including in the report that's got to go to the general, the guy who makes the decision as to whether or not this guy is going to be derelict of duty or not. Uh, he's leaving out very key information. Why is that guy yeah. leaving, leaving out very key information and, here? And if that was done intentional for some sort of agenda, and we don't know that, but if it was... Um, that's pretty awful because what you're doing is you're ruining some lives here for this, this agenda of yours, the investigator and everybody around this knows in their heart of hearts that this was wrong. Everybody knows that targeting him and then the, um, the assistant, the the sergeant, sergeant, that that was wrong. They didn't do anything inappropriate. They acted as they should have. They did their job. Everything's fine. But what he's saying, if there is an agenda is, I'm willing to see them suffer because I want to push this issue. Yeah. That's that's horrible. It, there's only two options. Either he did it intentionally or he was, I mean, in, incandescently negligent. <laughs> right. right? How mean, do you, it, it, there's only those two options. How do you things. screw it up that bad, right? Is exactly. That, yeah. But now, thankfully, and let's drive home the final point of this whole thing. This is, has a really good outcome. Right. Chaplain Squires has been cleared of all of those charges. So has Sergeant forward, Griffin. Good. They can move forward. Uh, and this is one more win that First Liberty has under our belt. And thankfully, we didn't have to file a lawsuit in this one. We were that defending nice. him this whole thing. Uh, and, you know, with the very key point here, too, I mean, you guys have been very helpful in this case. Uh, you've you've told this story multiple times here. People have gone to FirstLiberty.org. Good. They've signed the petitions. Good. And I'm telling you what, I can't go into all the details, but I know from the very inside sources here that the calls, the petitions, the people Good. that have listened to this show and others that have gone and, and, and spoken basically to the Pentagon – 
Let's just say it made a big difference to those <laughs> who were listening. Good. That's what we like to hear. That's it. <laughs> when people know this, they say there's there's a lot of uh, reasonable people that just happen to even be liberal that would have different views on a lot of stuff that many of these cases, they know it's wrong. They know yeah. that. And, and, and that's the challenge here, to stand sometimes with people that yeah. you don't agree with on yep. stuff because you know something like this is wrong. Right. You brought up an interesting point. You said you guys didn't follow any suit or anything like that. How often does that work for you guys where you just write that nice long letters and says, hey, either you listen to us or we're going to do something. <laughs> so how often does that? I wish it happened more often than it did. But, you know, look, there's a kind of a misconception out there that all the big cases happen at the Supreme Court. The reality is that most of your civil rights are being meted out. They're being solved or resolved or not resolved uh, before they even get to court or sometimes just at the district court level. So, you know, it, it happens a lot. Thankfully, if we're able to resolve it at that letter level, we don't have to. We, we can go on and help somebody else. So we can do a lot more things because, you know, Joe Kennedy, we've talked about his case that's a six-year-old case at this point. We've been wow. taking six years to go through the court system to get to the point of the Supreme Court of the United States now, and we're not even sure that'll finally resolve the whole matter. So, uh, look, bottom line, uh, when we get involved, we, we we have a 90% win rate. We go out there, we win these cases nine out of ten times, like Chapman Squires awesome. here. Uh, we're able to do that because we got good people like you guys and others that are listening to the show right now that go to firstliberty.org. They sign the petitions. I'm telling you guys, folks that are listening – when you go to firstliberty.org, when you sign that petition up there, people see that. People hear that. They understand what's going on with all those things. And they know, that you can know, you can have confidence that when you sign a petition, it's going to make a big difference later in life. Yeah, go to firstliberty.org if you would support them, sign the petitions. And um, obviously, if you can donate, that's always a help too. It's firstliberty.org. Jeremy, thanks for all the work you do and thanks for coming in, buddy. Man, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Firstliberty.org. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Blaze Radio Network. not offensive if it's true right this is the morning blaze with doc thompson you recognize that one no i don't that's from the old atari back in the 80s oh did you like that one that was okay i picked that one yeah that was good oh those ones are yours i picked nice job what is with mordecai i don't understand i got the good ones and he's picking this stuff and well what kind of music does he like he listens to rap and hip hop. That's it. it, like exclusively it. what he listens to. So that's probably what it is. I don't know. You find these people off uh, the street, and uh, our standards are obviously very low. Very, yes, yes, it happens. Yes. What are you? What are you going to do yes. there? Uh, Andrew Gillum has the um, nomination for governor of Florida on the Democrat side. He's the mayor of Tallahassee. You recall when he won last week, uh, Desanti, the guy with the Republican nominee said that they uh, we don't want to uh, monkey this whole thing up by putting a guy in as a socialist. Racist! And, and said that's racism or whatever. So, of course, over the weekend, this thing had to keep being dredged up. Race, 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 Somehow race. Somehow just kept getting, like, you know more why? wood into the fire. You, you, you know what? Because there was no additional news story. There, that is true. There was nothing to, no. You absolutely. What was, right. this is such a great 
trivia bit too. What was the biggest news story the morning of 9-11 up to the minute before the first plane hit the building? The biggest news story that was being covered across the board. Oh man, I don't know. I do not remember. I was, I was a young kid, so I do not know. Chandra Levy. I don't know who that is. Chandra Levy was a, a woman in D.C. who, I think it was in D.C., she went missing. And they believed that Congressman Gary Condon of California had something to do with it. She had, I'm trying to remember the story. I don't want to misspeak. She worked for him. She an intern or something. There was speculation or maybe they did date or something. But yeah, that was the, the biggest news story. And as soon as those planes hit the building, there was no other news story. Wow. Every other news story, every news story out there was directly or secondarily to do with 9-11 and was for weeks. Wow. And that's it. So in the absence of a bigger news story, they got to fill this time. So they put it out there. So, um, of course, all weekend long, it's race. It's race. Look, he said monkey up. Mm -hmm. They're not being genuine. They're not talking about how obviously people say this. Instead, they keep mentioning the dog whistle thing again. And I say again, why do you need a dog whistle if you're racist? Thank you. You're just racist. You're saying that's racism. Well, then it's not a dog whistle. No. It's hidden racism. Why do you need hidden racism? Thank you. You're black. The candidate's black. Whatever. You don't need to hide it. No, no, guys. We like all of them, don't we? (laughs) Racist dog whistle. Come on. (laughs) Come on. It doesn't make sense other than you're using this to try to get elected. So... Andrew Gillum being interviewed was asked about this and he's walked the line by saying, Hey, we need to just stop all of this stuff, but then still trying to utilize it. You want to talk the dog whistle? Yeah. Where he keeps putting this stuff out there, but then saying we need to just move on. And when they ask him about DeSanti, he's like, I don't want to get, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I don't want to get down in the weeds and the dirt and the muck and the mire and say, this guy's a racist. I just want to say we need to be better than all of this, blah, blah. See what I'm saying? He looks like a reasonable good guy while still ginning everybody up that it's still racism. So when they asked about it, he actually went, yeah, it was racism. Listen to this. How are you going to fend off against attacks? of what really are not just racially uh, tinged, racist things like we're seeing there yeah. now. Yeah, well, first of all, I have to tell you, I do find it deeply regrettable. I mean, on the day right after uh, I secured the Democratic nomination, we had to deal with some of the dog whistles directly from my opponent. And I, and I, I honestly want to sincerely say this, Dana. Uh, we can have a, uh, a challenge between ideas and around what we think uh, uh, the people of, of the state of Florida deserve. Uh, what I don't want this race to turn into is a race of name calling. Uh-huh. Um, I want to make sure that. that we don't racialize uh, and frankly weaponize race as a part of this process, which is why I've called on my opponent to he really just, work. To- he just wants the race to be done with this whole thing. We don't need to then keep bringing bring race and racialize. Why are you bringing it, it up? I'm not. I'm saying I don't want to mention race when I yeah, mention but race. You just mentioned it. No, no. I'm saying don't mention race. Then don't, don't mention yeah, it. Yeah, don't make this racial. Chris. No, no, no. You don't make it racial. No, that's what I'm telling you. Let's no, not no, make it racial. Are you, you weaponizing think, race? I'm not. You weaponizing no, race see, too? No, because you're bringing up race. You're no, weaponizing. If, oh, that's a racist weapon. Is that a racist weapon? Are you weaponizing it? I'm not weaponizing it. Is it a racial weapon of mass destruction? Yes. Is that what that is? That, I guess. Is it an automatic oh. racial weapon? Does it have a bump stock? What's the magazine of that weaponized race hold? 
Does a silencer come with it? Nobody needs uh, no. weapons of race like this. Nobody no. needs that many. Is it a black weaponized? He's mentioning this over and over and over and saying we need to get beyond this when we won't get beyond it. But did you notice the phrase weaponized race? Yes. That's become one of the buzz phrases now. Well, it, weaponized. It, it covers weapon and racism. Oh, but it's, it's, it's not just race, but they do it a lot with yes. race. But it's anything on the left. And a little bit of people do on the right. It's become the buzz phrase of now. You're going to hear this more and more because this it's just starting to take hold. I went through with just a basic search looking for people recently who've used weaponize and listen to this. Not all citizens. Yep. Yes, and this is, and they really want to use this as a weapon. They want to weaponize the census, and there couldn't be the anything census. worse. Mm-hmm. As- Frankly, of, of our process, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. people are playing politics with our process, and when it comes to classified information, we have to understand that we should not be weaponizing it. That we have to have integrity. That um, the, the Russians, I think, frankly, are sitting back eating the popcorn watching this. Charlie, last night, your allies made public the false CPS report on my family in an attempt to yet again weaponize CPS and allege child abuse. <laughs> Those are just a couple. So, Chris, they have weaponized race. They have weaponized the Supreme Court pick. They've weaponized the census. And they've weaponized classic uh, classified info. The CPS reports. They've, that's right. They've weaponized it all. Uh, I'm just wondering, does... To saying that with all of those things uh, seem a bit, uh, I don't know, sensational. Yes. Just a little has. over the top. Very Maybe over it's not the top. actually a weapon. No. Just throw it out there. No. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, uh, Mordecai joining us uh, for a quick second in the studio here. Uh, I got to bring something up here. What? You know you like this. Uh, uh, Mordecai, uh, responsible for picking the uh, the bump music. Yes, apparently. that is except Mordecai. a couple of the good, good ones. like that that last one that, that you liked. That good. was me. Yes, that was pretty that was solid. Me. You thank did you. a good job no, with that. Thank you, thank you. Um, but uh, Mordecai, you know, he likes to rap, whatever. But uh, during the break, Chris and I were talking that yet, yes, ethnographer actually is a thing. Yes, ethnographer a, is oh, a thing. Okay, yes. no, I'm leaving. What is uh, what is uh, st- stenographer? What is that? Yeah, Chris. No, no, you, you, you no said I want to hear the Chris's. Uh, oh, Chris's second. First. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to me. Yeah. First. Okay, what, go ahead. During the break, That's you fine. said, what was it? Like, I'm obviously really bad at this because I chose really bad music. You chose really good no, ones. No, I know. So what is, what it? is a stenographer? Yeah, no, it's okay, busted it out. Come on. Come on. Someone who studies statistics. 
Statistics. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned specific. Specific. Uh, what was it? Statistics. Come on. Bust it out there. What did you say? Go ahead. Earthquakes. That's what, what he said during is that. It, no, that, said. that reads earthquakes. He no. goes. He reads not- earthquakes. By the way, not only does it have no. to do with earthquakes, does it have to do with statistics either? <laughs> Stenographer is the little person who writes down what everybody says oh, in court. The person. Oh, That's yeah. It. But what's the earthquake one? Richter the scale. Richter scale. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, a rictographer. That's what you were thinking. No. The guy who reads the Richter scale. There's another word that's out. similar to that. And I could have Seismologist? Seismologist? No. <laughs> yes, that's uh, it. By the way, that is. Oh, seismographer. That's that, what you're thinking. Nailed it. That one was probably it. That one was it for nailed sure. It. Yeah. Yes. That one was it. Yes, nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Seismographer. Okay, that's it. Just that, uh, okay. wanted to make that's sure we I got thought. it right. That's all. Right. All. By the way, your music choice is, is Dude, bad. Dude, it too. is not bad. That's how Doc was. not bad. So, so Doc can't get Mordecai to come here for the actual reason why we're going to make fun of him. Right. So we have to yeah, lie to, to get him into the studio. So we told him, hey, we're going to talk about you. Well, your, I also didn't want him music. running and actually looking up stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually think he's looking? He just sits back there. If he knew we were going to say something about it, he would. No, wouldn't. he's not. He's, Obviously, he'd be I'm Googling earthquakes and uh, <laughs> stenographer, oh, stenographer. I'm going to find that word. Listen to back music. I'm going to find that word. Okay. I don't even remember what that word was, but I'm going to find it. It's a stegnologist. Okay, I'm out of here. Stegnographer. I'm gone. Later. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks so much. Hey, if you struggle with uh, weight loss, we have got a solution for you. It is called Mordecai, Come Home, back. and it works. <laughs> 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 We're not done with you. We're not done with you. We need, hey, a, buddy, we need the before the, picture. <laughs> Bra. Bra. Come in here. We. <laughs> you know, We're, you, you put on the freshman 15, yes. you know, and then the sophomore 15, and then the post college 30. He's right there. It happens. Yeah, it happens to everyone. You put on a couple pounds, you get into yes. whatever, and it just keeps gaining just, and gaining yeah. or whatever, and you're like... This can help, Doc. This will I help. Think this Ridgy can Zone help. is awesome. It's such a cool product. Oh, by the way, uh, the Ridgy Zone for dogs coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's coming out soon. Uh, I think they said... Because we told you about a month ago. Yeah. We are just waiting for the final step, and I think within the next 30 to 45 days. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah, by That's October. Here we are, September 4th. Yeah. Um, early to mid-October, it's supposed to be out. Um, I didn't realize it's such a cool business story because they came up with the Ridgey Zone product yeah. and it works great. With the OEA. Helps OEA in it helps you lose weight by making you feel fuller and then also boosting your metabolism. And those two things together, huge. And it's not a drug. It's something that's natural in your body anyways. That's what's so cool about it. But you know how they came up with the idea for, you don't even take it with water? Oh, no. That's it's just on okay. the hatch. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, you know how they came up with the idea for the pet stuff? The dog ate the bottle. No, which oh, okay. would be awesome. I, I thought, <laughs> you know how I would have come up with it. I would have come up with it. How do we increase sales? Well, we got to tell more people. It works for dogs. It works for dogs. I'd be sprinkling it on plants. Is your plant too fat? Oh, here we go. Sorry, is that tree too thick? It's getting too big in the front yard. Are those plantains coming out too thick? Sorry, you need thinner plantains. <laughs> I mean, no. One of the big pet food companies that mm-hmm. you know by name. Okay. Filed. To get the patent. patent. Oh. And it triggered them. Nice. So they filed a similar patent using this tech. And they're like, as it turns out, it was a patent violation, so they couldn't do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because they have 
they it's have the patent on the whole the thing, on right? The whole thing, yeah. Right. So as it turns out, but they filed like multiple patents and names and all kinds of weird stuff. So they were going to go big with it, uh, and they're like, "Why wait would a, a minute? Pet, why would a pet company do that for? Uh oh, if they're not launching out into humans, it's got to be pet." So they're like, "Bing, let's do it." Um, so they don't know what the plan is because the company just withdrew their patent. So maybe they're waiting for Riduzone to not bring it to market and could challenge it at some point or whatever. But. At this point, uh, yeah, they did it. So I imagine uh, Riduzone for cats is probably coming out. Oh, cool. I don't know if, um, if Riduzone for fish. Oh, how would you give it to them? Do you, like... you just, I think you just sprinkle it in the top oh, of the fish tank. Oh, sprinkle it in the top of the fish tank, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm assuming once they do the trials and the yeah. tests and all that stuff whales? or whatever. We have some fat whales Have you out seen? There. They're a whale. And how do we uh, refer to people when they're really big? Whale. Whale. Done. What exactly. about cows? So you fat cow? <laughs> Now, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, what are you thinking? There are just going to be some people who will not take this. No. Because unfortunately, we've gotten into this BS of love yourself, it's okay if you're huge. Now, you shouldn't hate yourself. And it's cool to be comfortable in your skin. And it's really good to say, you know, I'm a few pounds overweight, but I like that or I'm cool. That's fine. It's cool if you say, and by the way, it's your right to do any of this stuff. But this idea of suddenly these plus size models, I'm not talking about people who are just normal. Mm. I'm talking people who are truly overweight. We all know. And Mm. and trying to say that that's the same thing. No. They're never going to do this. No, they're not. So I'm thinking we go to Flint, Michigan. Oh, I can see it right there. We vaporize this and Mm -hmm. we just sprinkle it over uh, Michael Moore's seven houses. Isn't that like a capsule? Can we just open it and just... I don't know if there's a way to aerosol it or not. But we just, just right over his house, just right over it. What do you think? Is it effective? I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to try. Maybe hmm. we should try the patent on it. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> will do it. Why did a bunch of crop dusters <laughs> file a patent for? <laughs> Boom. It's Ridgey's own aerosol. For those crops that are getting too fat, get Ridgey's own for crops. It's coming, folks. I'm coming. But really good guys. Uh, oh, they're it's a awesome. Great the whole team is great. Riduzone.com. Try it today. Name, You'll though. love it. Riduzone.com. Horrible name. Chris, as it turns out, it is about race. Well, yeah, duh. It's racism. And it is about illegals. Oh. It is about race and it is about illegals. Okay. I'm talking about more. crime and immigration and border security. People are like, it's not about racism. No, no, it is partially about race. The question of border security is not those brown people. No, it's not. It's about people committing crimes and being illegal. The crime of being here illegally. And then other crimes and, of course, people being secure and terrorism and all this. But it is at least partially based on race. Not that there are not illegal people of all races. There are. It just so happens in America... Most of the people that come here illegally are Hispanic. In other parts of the world, they're not Hispanic. They're Middle Eastern, for example. They come from companies like Syria, and they're fleeing because it's, uh, you know, they're refugees. Things are happening bad in their country. But it is at least a little about race when it comes to crimes committed in America by people who are illegal. We have a huge problem in America with the illegals that are committing additional crimes. And when President Trump mentioned MS-13 a while ago, and people, MS-13, uh, thir- one, 
one three. Is that a new gun? Like they had no idea that this this uh, horrible gang exists, and the fact that they continue to downplay the significance of crime committed by illegals is incredible. We came off the heels of Molly Tibbetts. Horrible situation where an illegal killed her. And her family, because they happen to be progressive, have now gotten all indignant about racism and have challenged people. Did you see that? Stop it. Stop it. If you're fine with not holding people accountable for your daughter's murder, that's your right. But stop additionally making it political while calling out other people. Stop it. I'm not calling out racism or, or, or calling out uh, because of their race. And I'm not mentioning your daughter's death because I hate brown people. I'm mentioning it as an illustration of what's happening to American citizens. And you challenge people like me for mentioning that, doing the same thing, making it political. It doesn't have to be political because we didn't have to mention Molly's name. We could have said girl in Iowa. It just so happens it got a lot of news coverage because she was missing for a while. And we could tell you about every other case out there. You want to pretend that illegals are all fine? Fine. Do it. But it's a lie. The fact is, if that illegal was not here, your daughter would be alive today. Her father, I think it was, or members of the family mentioned, the real problem with uh, immigration is not the illegals that are here killing our daughter. It's separating people at the border. Talking point. It's despicable. It's It's outrageous. Can I share with you a couple of things? Please. Just a couple of little things from just the past couple of weeks. When I share this with you, remember, this is just from the past couple of weeks with a real basic search. An 18-year-old Brooklyn man is accused of raping an 11-year-old girl who was asleep in her bed. The allegation is that around 11.30 p.m., Julio Alaya uh, entered the second-floor bedroom via window, raped her, and then fled. She screamed for her parents. They called 911, and they took her to the hospital. Cops released surveillance video that was uh, recorded nearby. They ended up arresting the guy. He was charged with rape, burglary, criminal sex act, sexual abuse, and act in manners injurious to a child. The body of an MS-13 gang member, Carlos Manjana, was found Wednesday in a shallow grave in Long Island. He was hacked to death with a machete by a fellow MS-13 member because he was an informant about their gang activities. Cops have five suspects in custody. They've released the name of one of them. 20-year-old Antonio Amaya of Manassas, Virginia, faces second-degree murder charges in the slaying of a 24-year-old Marvin Guevara of Albemarle, Virginia. Amaya is part of MS-13. He is an illegal from El Salvador. Joel Valera is an illegal who shot and killed his next-door neighbor. He was deported in the 90s for rape and domestic violence. But back in the country, he came in with a fake name. Even his girlfriend of 10 years didn't know his true identity until he murdered his neighbor. A previously removed 43-year-old Honduran national was convicted of rape in Houston. He'd been deported many times. 
A six-year-old American boy named Lennox Lake suffers from short-term memory loss and PTSD now after his family's car was hit by a drunk-driving illegal named Constantine Acosta. He has been deported 15 times, yet was here and was able to drunk-drive and injure the American boy. Martel Cortez is a human smuggler from Mexico. He was just sentenced to eight years in an American prison for human smuggling and assaulting a U.S. border agent with a rock. He is listed as the most dangerous human smuggler in San Diego. 45-year-old Favor Cruz was sentenced to 30 months for being here illegally and being illegal in possession of a 12-gauge, two pistols, and lots of ammunition. Again, having come into the country multiple times and being uh, convicted of assault. A twice-removed 46-year-old Mexican national was convicted of burglary and drug trafficking in Texas recently. A 46-year-old man by the name of Christian Vinatilla was deported back to Romania after being convicted of conspiring to kill cops and government employees. A 42-year-old Alfredo Riaz was uh, sentenced to three years in federal prison for unlawfully possessing a firearm, shooting the son of an off-duty law enforcement officer, and being here illegally. In Houston, a 29-year-old Turkish national was just convicted of child exploitation. A 38-year-old Melvin Manara and 33-year-old Joel Molina were wanted for uh, aggravated homicide. They were arrested recently and deported back to El Salvador. Molina was a registered sex offender and had been arrested here multiple times. Two MS-13 gang members are accused of conspiracy, witness tampering, using and carrying and discharging a firearm in relation to a crime of violence causing death through the use of that firearm. 22-year-old Oscar Flores is from El Salvador. His accomplice, 21-year-old Luis Colinders, is from Honduras. They were charged. Ian Houston recently, a 44-year-old Cuban national, was convicted of burglary. He had been convicted multiple times of being here illegally. Chris... I can keep going down the list. These are ones from just the last couple of weeks. Wow. I've only heard one, maybe two, out of all those that you just read. This is not an extensive example. Mordecai did this in 10 minutes for me. This is what he was able to find. Can you imagine if you had somebody that wasn't listening to hip-hop while they were doing it, actually paying attention and not sleeping on the couch? Thank you. Imagine what you could find. This many cases out there in the news right now, and you're hearing of none of them. The only one you heard about was the girl who was missing. The reason they covered it so much because they didn't know it was going to be an illegal. Nope. She was missing. Then they had to follow up. Oh, they got the guy. Oh, here we go. Oh, crap. He's an illegal. You know what? He it's worked, not about that. He worked for a Republican supporter. Remember that? He worked for him. He, yes. He forgot to use yes. E-Verify. He, he forgot to check his status. It's his fault while he's in the country. Yep. That's what they did with that. So they went, missing girl. This will play great because she's a white girl from yep. Iowa. She's cute. We'll put her out there. Missing. Oh, they got the guy. Oh, crap. He's illegal. What can we do? Oh, he worked on a farm that had uh, owned by... Somebody that was in the Republican Party. What about all these others? Yeah. What about that 11-year-old that got... Their, her house got broken into just for the guy to rape her. That one was over the weekend. Yeah. That was over the weekend. He broke into her house, raped the 11-year-old girl. This is what's out there you're not hearing. How do you, how do you as her parents, any of these... And again, I give you a bit of a pass because you're mourning... 
how do you at least not say these people are here illegally, meaning they have not been vetted? So, do her parents support open borders? What about you, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Milano Cookie? Do you support open borders? If you do, what is your plan for this? What is your plan for MS-13? It doesn't exist? We just treat it like another gang? What about the people that aren't a member of MS-13? With open borders, we don't know if good, bad, or others coming in here. We don't know what they're tracking. We don't know if they're running from someplace else. It's not like we have those type of relations with other countries where they share all of their database of criminals. They don't. It doesn't happen that way. There's things like Interpol, and we do share some, but not all of this. How do you know? Many of these people that would come over do not even have birth certificates. We don't know how old they are. We know nothing about them. So you support open borders? Maybe the uh, Molly Tibbetts family doesn't care about her murder. I wonder about the, uh, the 11-year-old girl's parents. They care about her rape? Enough to say that it is being caused by illegals, that if they were not here, it would not happen? Race has something to do with it. MS-13 is and was founded on race. That's what it's about. It was found, it started in El Salvador and then spread all across Latin America based on race. La Raza means the race. They have made it about this when it comes to gang and criminal activity. Not everybody that even I mentioned over the past couple of weeks that have been in the news were Hispanic. It has a small component to it, but let's not hide the fact that it's there. The bigger issue is. These illegals are here. We don't know who they are, and some of them commit heinous crimes. I don't care if the percentage of of immigrants, legal or illegal, is smaller that commit crimes. I don't care if it's one one millionth of what an American citizen or the number of American citizens that commit the same type of crimes. I don't care. If they were not here, Those crimes would not exist. And the media is not telling you about these because their agenda is let's get these people to stay here. Let's find a pathway to citizenship because we view them as undocumented Democrats. They are the useful idiots. The Morning Blaze. We're kind of like the real news, except honest and factual. Huh. What a concept. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. collision of common sense and comedy this is the morning blaze with doc thompson all right uh let's see this would have been about uh let's say noon maybe 11 a.m eastern time on friday before the long holiday weekend chris cruz texts me and said you were right oh hold on i called you because it was that important oh that's right called that's right i i called you because it was that important because for the first time in the last two years I've been with you, you were right about a story. This is the first time. But regardless, I was right. That's the important part. 
We uh, we talked last week one day at length and then touched on it again, I think, on yeah. Thursday yeah. about, or maybe it was Friday morning, about uh, the number of bullying cases that are out in the news and how a lot of them just seem odd. First of all, the number of bullying cases and then the way they're being represented in the media, I'm like... Something is not right with these. Something just doesn't add up. You have the the nine-year-old boy who came out to his mom, said he was gay, and then went to school, was bullied over the course of a week, came home at some point and killed himself because he came out at school. And that story was written like the LGBT community spokesperson. Mother said, I love you anyways. And so like everything was handled perfect as you would expect. And it just seemed manufactured. Now, nothing new has come out about that story yet. I just think it's odd and there's probably more to it. But we did find out about the six-year-old boy who claimed that he was standing up for a friend who was being bullied and a five-year-old and others assaulted him to the point that he had a broken leg and contusions and his face all jacked up and a lacerated eye. And how did it get lacerated? Because they rubbed rocks and sawdust. sawdust. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of sawdust laying on the floors all over the place. All over high schools, they're actually built on top. I mean, not high school. It's schools, they're built on top of sawdust. Yeah, it's like it's like livestock. Yeah, the, oh. the kids in schools walk on the... Oh, yeah, they, okay. So they just pee right there on the oh, floor. Oh, okay, okay. It's like little hamsters. I mean, it is the state of Washington, so you know. True. True. So, uh, but it would seem just really odd that... Remember I said that a... A little kid would be vicious enough that would, wouldn't just, okay, I punched him and knocked him to the ground. Or I punched him, and then you rub. It just seemed particularly vicious. And I said, okay, there's something going on here, something we don't know. I said, if it, if it is true like this, then we need to go investigate the five-year-old's family life, because I don't know who's teaching him this, but something's yeah. up. And we need to have a conversation with all those five-year-olds in the United States. Right, something's weird. Well, as it turns out, the entire thing was made up. Police found out that he actually just fell down at the apartment complex that they live in. It wasn't even at the school. Now, I haven't seen the update yet to find out if the mom knew. So did the kid tell mom, here's what happened, and mom was like, that's horrible, and then she posted it believing her son was telling the truth? Or did mom know he wasn't telling the truth and she put it out there? They had asked for a couple of bucks for the medical bills, like a few thousand dollars. It was up to just shy of 50000 when this story broke, and then the GoFundMe page came down. down. So, I wonder if it was about the money. I wonder that too. And I think this, isn't this like a perfect case for fraud? Um, I would I would say she has to be punished if she knew. I'm, yes, I'm, I don't. Yes, I'm not trying to be vindictive. I'm just saying we have to stop this. We the court of public opinions we've talked about what we say. And the way we interact carries so much weight now, more so than actually going to court, that crying wolf on something has to carry more weight too. There has to be some additional punishments. Not for the boy, he's six. Even if he lied and mom didn't know, yes, he has to be punished, but he does not have to have the same level of punishment. He was he was wrong, and he's probably a very lonely kid. I speculate that he has a not-so-great home life. But we need to find out if mom knew or not. And if she did, there's got to be a punishment. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
If you're enjoying what you're hearing, congratulations, you have a sense of humor. This is the Morning Blaze. I like that. That's good, a little retro. Good. I was going for That's that. That's a good bump I song. I was going for that. You knew it because yes, you know. I, knew, I know what you like. See, I can trust Chris. See, that's why. I, I know what you like. That one, I was, as soon as I heard it, I was like, ooh, Doc Thompson. That, that, the first that, that, note is retro. It is. It almost sounds like a um, Roy Head. Roy Head. And I know that you love the Roy Head. Treat her right. Did you ever see the movie um, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo yes, DiCaprio? Yes, yes, actually. This is the, that's yes. from that. Hey, hey, yes, hey, Dennis. Yes. Oh, you like that movie, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Yep. Yes, That's I a do. good one. Yes, yes, yes. Nice job on that. If we Thank had more you. songs. That's why you're in charge around here. Thank you. Because you, know you get what? it done. I appreciate that. I, I thank you for your recognition. It took two years, but thank you. No, thank I you. do. I, I appreciate thank it. I get what you do there. I uh, get the tweets in with the hashtag. What I learned today, I got to tell you about Minostalgia Wild Rice. Okay, hold on. Yep. Before you get into it, yep. you say you're going to try this seasoning over the weekend. Did Doc Thompson try the Minostalgia Beautiful Amazing Seasoning? I did not. Oh! There is an addendum to it. And it was an odd weekend. Uh, did you cook? I did not. Oh, <clears throat> uh oh. I did not. Trouble the Thompson family? Yeah, there was a lot of oh, I'm uh, sorry. ups and downs. I uh, did not mean to bring that. Okay, you continue reading. Never mind. My uh, <laughs> eldest son, 16, had some issues that uh, was a rough weekend for okay. him. And then uh, my wife had some issues, uh, automobile related again, mm. automobile, mm. garage mm. related, mm. traversing in and out of the garage mm. again, troubles related. Did she hit the garage? We just... There were a lot of issues this Did weekend. Did she hit the garage again? Yes. Oh my gosh. I just think you just get an outdoor garage. That's called a driveway. We have one. It leads to the garage. Maybe just... Don't get her a car. Just chauffeur. You know the stereotype of... Yes, I do, Dr. Thompson. It's true. It is true. It's, without we have question. two of them. It's so true, yes. How's the other, one? How's the other car looking? Rounder uh, or still square? She's only hit my car once. <laughs> Holy crud. I cannot believe this. I hadn't added it up. My, I was not even going to do this here. My wife in the past <laughs> five months... Okay. Has hit the sides of the garage, pulling out of the car, yes. backing out okay. twice. <laughs> Two years ago, backed into my niece who was parked in the garage I remember or that. in the driveway. You had to pay for that. I had to pay thousands of dollars yes. for that stupid car. I remember picks. that. And her mom, on the other side of the garage, backed into my car, <laughs> exiting. You know what I have to do? <clears throat> what do you have to do? Normally, there is nobody parked behind my wife in the driveway. Okay. If anybody comes over, like I have a relative or somebody mm-hmm. that's you know s- staying with us or whatever, and they're parked in the driveway at all, anywhere, it doesn't have to be right behind her. I have to put a note. I don't know. I, on her steering wheel, it says, car behind you. So but she went through the car in the her, morning. Though. Doesn't matter. Does not car matter. in the driveway. There's car out there. She's, there's one out there. So you have to put, like a signal says, warning, car behind you. Yes. Even though there's not a car behind her. Yes. Nice. Nice. I mean, I don't have to. I just do to try, well, yeah. to, try to prevent it. Well, I, somehow you have to. Somehow. Your insurance will keep going Hit the up. garage twice and my niece's car once. My mother-in-law has backed into my car. <laughs> and amazingly, all this comes out of your paycheck. I mean, Every time. It comes out of your pocket, not paycheck. Well, yeah, your paycheck. But it comes time. out of your pocket. 
So, and that was just part of the fun. This How's weekend. that insurance? Every weekend, it just keeps going. Oh, they love me. They <laughs> love me. Whatever love insurance me. company you have, love you're actually me. paying like legit. They, I'm on the actuary scale. They just know every two months they get to raise the price. They're like, well, you know, we're projected. It's going to be, yep, by, uh, well, we'll get Thompson up another $150 by February. Is that the uh, ethnographer reading? Your, they your are, book? yeah. It's the ethnographer who reads that, yep. So I didn't get a chance to make it, but uh, I'm hoping to within the next few days or whatever. Minostalgia Wild Rice is a great, great product. product, great company. Uh, it starts with that wild rice that is the only native grain in North America stuff. Uh, folks, this is the good stuff. This is like one of those ancient grains. You see the big trend is and the uh, quinoa, and there's a bunch of those. Now oh, buck, yeah. buckwheat's become popular yes. again. Buckwheat's yes. awesome. Yes. But when I say rice, it's more in line with it's, that. It's you can cook it to the yes. point that it becomes more sticky rice esque, which I do because that, that's what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still one of these ancient grains. It's not your traditional rice. It chews like that if you cook it the right way. It's more of a long grain and but, almost a complete protein. Right, it tastes great. It's awesome, but it's really healthy for you. And then they have all their other products as well out there. So the jellies. I did mm-hmm. have some of the pepper jelly over the weekend. Okay, good, 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 good. Because all I had to do is just. Open the yeah. jar. And, and I, I had some of the whipped honeys I, for breakfast. Whipped honeys for breakfast, delicious. Today's in, in today's world, maybe we say stirred honeys. Okay, stirred honeys. I mean, it's, you know, and while we're at it, maybe no. whipped cream, we should, just not that. Just cream? Something stirred, violently stirred, stirred <laughs> rapidly, Rapid. vi- violently stirred honeys and cream. Okay. Yeah. No, they got great products there. Just go to blazewildrice.com. It's blazewildrice.com. You could try a sampler pack with 10% off if you use the promo code TRY10. Try one zero for the sample so pack. T-R-Y-1-0. Okay, got it. And it's blazewildrice.com. The entrepreneurial spirit is to dream and to do. We are building America. This is this is so wonderful. Um, Emma Cohen joins us now from Final Straw. Hey, Emma, how are you? Hey, I'm so great, guys. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for joining us. The Final Straw. It's FinalStraw.com, right? Yes. Final Straw uh, is. Yes. Such a an interesting, unique product that we stumbled across a couple of weeks ago and contacted you, especially because straws are in the news. So when you say final straw, your product is a straw, right? Absolutely. Straws are very hot right now. Explain what makes your straw different. Sure. So when we were inventing our straw, the, the catalyst was you know, having something that's convenient to carry and also easy to clean. And up until when we came out with our product, that didn't really exist. All reusable straws were bulky and pokey. You couldn't put them in your pocket. You couldn't really bring them with you out and about. And so we created a straw that's collapsible and it's much like a tent pole that you can suck out of. And it fits in a small case that also cleans, contains a cleaning device. So you can put it on your keychain and bring it around with you wherever you want to suck. Now, why is this important <laughs> to you? Why did and, and is this your brainchild? Yeah, so I have a business partner, Miles Pepper, and we uh, came up with the idea together and have been um, working together since October of 2017. He he is the one who originally came up with the concept, and then we designed it together and have been working very closely since the beginning. 
Now, is this more about being safe and healthy, or is it environment? Is it all of those things? Yeah, so this is about both. I think that straws are having a moment right now because you know they epitomize waste. Uh, every single one of us comes in contact with a straw every day and you know, uses it for a small amount of time, and then it throws it away, and those are accumulating in the environment to you know extreme numbers. And so this is not only about a straw, it's about a larger movement, about awareness regarding the waste that we create on a daily basis. And I think the straw is like gateway plastic. It's getting our foot in the door and getting people more aware about you know, our daily actions and their, their effect on the earth. I really like the design, though, because you show this and it's, the audience is listening. They probably can't even imagine this because what am I going to carry around this long straw in my that pocket? That is so weird, Doc. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's cumbersome. You yeah, know, it's well, why would I carry a straw? Right. Yeah. I get it. But it's collapsible, like you said. Right. Explain how because when you take it out of the little case, we've seen the video. It just boom. It snaps together. I, I can't even follow how it works. Yeah, it's so fun. Every time I pull it out in front of people, I get such an incredible reaction. Basically, the case is about the size of a key fob, and it folds up into four little pieces, just like a tent pole, and fits right in the case with the cleaning device. Okay, so it's got the cleaning device, which is smart because that was going to be everybody's next question. They're going to be like, well, I got to constantly clean this thing. I'm carrying it with me. So you got the little cleaning device. Um, Is there one size straw, or do you have multiple sizes? So right now we have one size straw. I think when we launched our Kickstarter back in April, we didn't realize how much people love straws. Uh, It turns out a lot of people are very passionate about their straws. So we are now working on an entire line of straws as well as other uh, reusable accessories. I think this is incredible. You came up with something. If you had had first said to me, Doc, a reusable straw, I would have laughed. Yeah, I would say this is this is crazy. I mean, I get your motivations for it, but I, the, you know, okay, you got to clean it and you got to carry it and whatever. You guys solve those problems, like you said, it's easy to carry. Um, you've got the environmental angle, you got germaphobes, um, you got all of those angles covered here. But you also made it really cool. The website's cool. The way it snaps out is cool, and everybody loves tech right now. I mean, Emma, people love, especially younger generations, the fact that you could make a straw. Heck, they're going to love that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's been such an incredible journey. And, and, you know, personally, I don't even use straws. I stopped using straws back in 2013 when I went to Thailand and they were all over the beaches. And I became obsessed. I did a TEDx talk on straws in 2015. And I was like the, the straw hater. Everyone knows me as that. And so when Miles, Nailed it. When Miles came to me, you know, with this original concept of a collapsible straw, I was so fascinated by it, and and it really just fit exactly with what I was doing because my my purpose and my vision in this life is to make people more aware about their waste and do it in a fun, sexy, badass way. It doesn't have to just be. You know, sustainability doesn't have to be dry and boring. Like it can be fun and cool and tech. And so that's really the angle we're trying to go at and and get people involved in a way that's exciting and invigorating and empowering because that's what our product does. Our product empowers people to to realize that they can make a difference. And I, and that's really what the move the larger movement is about is that every single one of our individual acts adds up. 
and that it does matter and that you matter and the choices you make matter. And that's, you know, really what we've seen through the movement is that we're empowering people to feel like they matter. I do have a question about the technology because the body of the straw is stainless steel. Now, how is it that you're able to make it so uh, flexible to collapse into a key fob thing and not break the inside of the straw? So it's a combination of two things, magic and... <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, uh, so so you got an idea for something like this. It's clearly unique. Um, it's going to be a difficult sell at times, you know, when you first come up with the idea. As you put the, the campaign together and also trying to get the tech developed, somebody designed this for you, how difficult is that to do? So we worked with a designer to get the original prototype. And then after the Kickstarter was a runaway success, we decided to kind of up our game and work with a professional design team to to really hone down every bit of the design. So we've actually are coming out with a new design, which will be the final product that no one has seen yet. And we believe that it is, is the best, easiest to clean, sexiest, sleekest straw that the world has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. Okay, so I don't want to overstep my bounds here because I'm just, I'm just a talk show host. But um, I'm thinking, you ready? Reusable napkin. Oh, see what I'm saying? Oh, no, those are being done. Absolutely. I don't know if they'd work real well and be made no, out of metal, I, but the uh, possibilities <laughs> are endless. They really are, and we're. I, I love it. Come, come work for us at the final. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the ideas. It's a uh, it's yeah, clever idea, true. but I, I love the way you managed to put it together. And um, uh, we obviously spotlight on uh, businesses here because it's difficult. A lot of people have ideas. Um, across the spectrum of everything from food ideas to straws to, uh, you know, computer programs and even services. And it's difficult to put them together. I think you guys uh, came up with something fun here. How have sales been going? Really good. It's, it's absolutely incredible the amount of interest that we've had in a straw. Like Miles and I pinch ourselves all the time and we're like, this, we're selling a straw. And it's um, it's incredible, and, and people are very excited to finally have an alternative to, you know, creating waste. And that's I think where we really hit the nail on the head is is people want convenient solutions, and if you provide those, people are good at heart. I truly believe, and I think that you know what we're going to keep doing as a company is innovating and providing uh, solutions to single use waste, and and in there you will see change happening. Have, have, have you guys approached um, Starbucks at all? <laughs> so we've been approached by many companies, incredible companies and, and massive companies. The one company that has not approached us yet is Starbucks. And I have been reaching out to total strangers on LinkedIn. So Starbucks, <laughs> if you're listening, we are ready for you. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, Starbucks should should do some some yeah. sort of partnership, partnership with you yeah. because it promotes even even if even if they're not that interested in your company per se, it promotes their whole little anti-straw thing that they've been working on. Um, where they're making the change. So they say, okay, we've got this new thing. Hey, but if you want a straw, we sell final straw uh, in our store. They can brand it with Starbucks logo and yours or something. There's a way to do that. So that's that's a good way to go. I mean, I'm shocked. I, I really am shocked that they haven't reached out to us. I, I cannot even start to list all of the massive companies that have you know, given us interest and Starbucks is the one. And it's very funny because, you know, they 
obviously uh, cut out straws, but then they started selling paper straws wrapped in plastic. And so mm-hmm. there was this big public outcry about that. Um, they also used to sell metal reusable straws and had to recall 2.8 million straws due to mouth lacerations. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Chris is having fun on your website. I'm having fun. (laughs) By the way, you really portray yourself in your website. So your colors are succulent green, shark butt gray, healthy coral, arctic melt blue, sea tortille. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how you describe... Name colors of things. That's actually been a dream of mine. (laughs) (laughs) I love also, you also name your case as the sexy case. That's it. The yes. sexy case. Nice. <laughs> this is great. It's fun. I love Emma, it. Emma, good job. Uh, appreciate it. It's finalstraw.com. And what we'll do is we'll share it all out on social media. But you got to send us a couple so we can see them. I, there should be some in the mail. So okay, I don't good know deal. What, what happened there? Do, yeah. What do you want? Do you want uh, sea tortille? No, I, I would have liked a, a shark butt gray. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> all right, Emma. Thanks. Really okay, appreciate your time today. You. Okay, have a great day. Okay, it's finalstraw.com. Finalstraw.com. Check it out. It was awesome. Like, this is pretty cool. No, in the listen, there's a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not buying a straw to carry with me. That's not the point. No. If you do, I mean, some of the products you're like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to go and do it. But this is also an idea that you can make money. Yeah. It's out there. Someone will buy this stuff. A reusable, collapsible metal straw. straw. Yeah. I have something for you, Doc. Okay. Constitutional Drunk tweeting out what I learned today. See my Kickstarter for reusable toilet paper at rewipe.com. See, it's out there. You think, why not? Is it metal, though? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I don't think you want metal back there. That's... The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. The most culturally diverse morning show on the radio, hosted by a white guy. It's the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the Morning Blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned that my insurance company had a very good weekend. Me? (laughs) Not so much. Not so much. We learned Mordecai's bad taste in music includes bump music. That's good. We learned ethnographer is spelled with both a silent G and a silent Q. Ooh, the G's at the beginning, the G's Q's in the middle. Okay, got it. We got learned it, when it. Axe body spray burns, um, it's difficult to tell. Difficult to tell when it burns. Hmm. You don't know. And finally, we learned that the Second Amendment covers weaponizing race, SCOTUS nominations, the census, <laughs> classified information, and CPS reports. Oh, I love the CPS reports. Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did you learn today? By the way, that's where I draw the line. Once you reach CPS reports... It's done. You're over. You, you over. Yeah, your argument's done. Oh, uh, who knew that straws were the gateway plastic? I just found that out. They're the gateway plastic. <laughs> I love that interview completely <laughs> from top to end. Uh, don't forget... Yeah, listeners, do not forget to get your Doc and Chris Regison for your crops. That's right. Available in November. That's right. Available in November. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kirk Jones, Spin of the Dials, radio style, Dallas, Texas, Mercury Studios. Morning. What, if anything, did you learn today? I learned today now co- funerals are now comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good one, Kirk It's gold, Jones. Jerry. It's gold. 
Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Well, TJ Toppin saying, wow, nice to hear that Mordecai does work at least 10 minutes a day. <laughs> from, from Paul Steve saying, what is, this, uh, what is a stenographer? 10 bucks, same as downtown. Ooh, 20 bucks. Oh, darn it, darn it. I was so close. So close. Heather saying, lawyer on TMB says, licked duty, no bail. I've lost all faith in humanity. I don't remember saying lick duty. He said they were licked. Oh, yeah. That's very interesting. That's in there. You want to try that again? Uh, lawyer on TMB says lick duty, no bail. I've lost all. Because derelict of duty. Yeah, What's the opposite? Lick yeah. duty. I was just going to let that slide. Oh, okay. Okay. Rock stacking Florida man saying, whoa, the girl's licking him off. I'm awake. Uh, yeah, I meant, I meant a little something different there. It might have been your... You know. Anyways, that's okay. What else? Kool-Aid with a C saying sometimes it is not the boy who cried wolf, it's the mom. Six year old don't make up that kind of See Kool-Aid with a C, that's what I was thinking as well. I was and don't you know when your kids are lying? Yes. And it, wouldn't you at least be saying to the ma uh, the, the son, Okay, and then what happened? Well how did he and, and who then is this what? five year old? Who is Show it? me. Show and me when you part. go talk to the parents right off and wouldn't you and wouldn't you and wouldn't you, but mom let the story go? Chris, I think the mom's in trouble. Yeah, I think so too. Tech Ruth saying, Doc, if newborn babies were allowed to vote, Democrats will outlaw abortion immediately. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're going to let you vote in utero. Suddenly, abortion ban. Oh, blah, blah, blah. They're undocumented fetuses. That's all they are. They're blah, blah, undocumented blah. clumps of cells. <laughs> blah, blah, uh, blah. Love the blah, blah, blah. Giving Richardson to Michael Moore will result in. Huh? Michael Less. Oh, I had it in there. Michael Less, because see, he's <laughs> less with the Oklahoma bat. Tomcat saying, do not drive or park near Doc Thompson's family home. <laughs> I had not realized until I started adding it all up. And those are not her only accidents, by the way. Oh, I know that. Those yeah. are just in the last couple of whatevers, yeah. Uh, Constitution Drunk saying, if you want fish to lose weight, they should eat more fish. Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait. I never understood that. I never understood that. You want to lose weight, eat fish. Why? No, no, it's that fish is so healthy for you. Oh. Yeah. Look at how healthy fish are. Because they eat fish. Oh, so they do eat each other. There it is, of Bro course. Bro not saying female Asian driver stereotypes are apparently true. Yes, exactly. Some stereotypes are true. They absolutely are. I'm here to testify that. And that's not the only one. There are other ones as well, but we'll just move on. Hey, I didn't get to the new numbers on procrastination, uh. and I think it's because you triggered me about the the driving. Oh. Right. Oh, I did, yes. But I can just do them tomorrow. Okay. What okay. Uh, What else do we have coming up? We're going to do a full hour of gut health and gut health recipes. You might want to market that a little different because that doesn't sound all that appealing. It's delicious. What is uh, Glenn have coming up? Well, I think it's an Irish book giveaway. I don't know how to do All right. It, What's he wearing today? Uh, a collapsible belt. Ooh, sounds nice. Is it metallic? It's very metallic. Is it metal? Is it it's all metal metal come in a sexy case? Yes. Remember the morning blazes today at Chris Cruz production. Six Semper Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever, Wherever you are. are. Onion. Now you go home. Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.